Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Affinity Christian Ministries podcast. My name is James, and we have a special guest on today, Jeremiah, where he's going to be giving his testimony. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And Jonathan, do you want to introduce him? Yeah, so uh, welcome today, folks. Got a lot of crazy stuff going out in the world, going on out in the world. And uh, we also have uh, uh, Pappy here today as well. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Jeremiah, you know, Pappy hasn't talked to you in a long time, so that's cool. Uh, you guys will be able to share some testimony together, and uh, he's excited to hear you, uh, as is the rest of us. And um, so this is the first time, I know, Jeremiah, that... Um, you're going to get your testimony out to the world, and that's that's first an amazing, time ever, man. First time ever, and and right now um, you're in a you're in a, a a place of captivity at the moment, and um, but you know what? Before we get into your testimony, and there's there's a lot to it, and folks, trust me, this is going to be a great podcast today. Is um, let's 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 bring people into the picture a little bit you know let's let's little, learn a little bit about you and in your childhood we're going to dial it back to there because your testimony isn't just a singular situation really it's really a culmination of life and lifetime and places you've been decisions sure. you made and we need people to be able to connect to that because right now i mean you're you're on fire for god correct oh yeah for sure <laughs> so That's the reason why i'm here that's a reason, and and you and I talk regularly on the phone, and um, you know I'm excited that uh, you know you you found Jesus, and it isn't just temporary, uh, sort of uh, uh, amen. You know, situation. It's for real, and um, so. But to start out, so when you were a kid, you know, tell us a little bit. Uh, you know, what your home life was when you were young. You know, let's say elementary school. What what kind of life did uh, you live? Well, you know. Um you know, when I was six months old, uh, my father had passed away, and uh, he was, you know, he lived a life of uh, mischief, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was running from the North Ridgeville police, you know, and uh, the steering box went out and uh, crashed his car, and he died from that accident, and uh, so for my mother, it started off pretty rough, you know, she's a single mother, my brother, my brother was just in her belly, and stuff, and she just found out she was pregnant again when this all happened. But, uh, you know, I, I grew up in a really, really poor family, and uh, things weren't like idea, you know, which is for a lot of people. Right. Not just for myself. It's not like a, a pity me thing. But it it wasn't favorable conditions, that's for sure. And uh, my mother, you know, she had quit school when, what, same grade as me, ninth grade, and uh, just started working because, you know, she got pregnant at 17 years old, and, you know, I don't, you know, that, I don't, the, the poor life, I don't know, it's, it's like a lot of people always quit school right. uh, in my family, everybody quit school in my family, so, uh, you know, so, I, you know, most of my family quit school, and, you know, of course I follow suit as I grew up, but um, my mother was very poor. Uh, dude, I completely hated school my whole childhood from as soon as I started in, you know, kindergarten all the way up to I quit in ninth grade. Uh, uh, in my neighborhood, there's a lot of fighting going on and, you know, uh, a lot of fighting in my family. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility 
and may be recorded and monitored. When I turned six years old, you know, my uh, my uncle Jerry, you know, which I lived with inside my grandparents' home, uh, he committed a murder. You know, as a child, I remember it was the craziest thing, how much I can remember as a six-year-old child. But, you know, I remembered, I remembered people trying to hide this knife, you know, that they used to, to kill my cousin. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it, it was a very scary situation. I remember everybody was so frantic. And, you know, my mother, she wasn't the smartest person. You know what I mean? Right. She kind of just went along with what everybody was telling her to do. And, uh, and, I, and, and I just remember, you, you know, my uncle, I don't know if it was my uncle or the guy that was with my uncle that ended up killing her, but uh, I remember them telling her to hide this knife. And they were running through the hallway, back and forth, back and forth. It was so frantic, you know. And, of course, I, I wasn't able to put it all together until I got older, but, you know, that was part of this murder. Right. You know, and uh, of course, my uncle puts my mother in this position. You know, she's got children. And I just remember seeing the fear in her eyes, and I just didn't understand why, you know. And, you know, all these things have really played a part in my life. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it kind of sticks with you. It's, the, the, that's a, it would be an oh, understatement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, the, the fear, the fear of things that, you know, like I grew up with a bunch of bikers and everybody around me were bikers, drugs, sex, alcohol, uh, just the most chaotic. I mean, I grew up chaotically. Right. But, you know, as a child, there was always fear in me, always fear in me. And, and, uh, and like you said, lots of lots of fighting. So at home, it wasn't necessarily uh, always a place of comfort, at, uh, places mm-hmm. of discomfort, discomfort many times, I presume? Oh, uh, man, countless. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's putting I it lightly. remember, <laughs> putting it lightly, I mean, it gets pretty ugly. I, you know, just... Just little things as a kid. I remember I had ducks, you know, and and my uncles and his friends, you know, they had pit bulls, and I just I just remember going out and finding my I had ducks. Me and my brother we had some ducks, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> just you know didn't have much, but you know we had some ducks. <laughs> right. And these guys turned these pit bulls loose on my ducks. Oh yeah. And I just yeah man. And, it, you know, yeah, they're just ducks. But, you know, as a kid, that was, like, the most craziest, messed up thing that a person could do to you. you right, know? right. They just and, let uh, the dogs murder your ducks, you know? <laughs> the dang ducks, man, not the ducks. Right. <laughs> but, well, that, that gives you a certain taste about humanity when you're young, too. When you see people that laugh that off and they're doing that to you, that's not something that you forget. That guy needs to get locked up. Yeah, I mean, that's that right yeah. there changes a person. To, you, you begin to see how deeply evil and violent the world is, and you know. It's not only that, not only that, you start to develop a hatred as a child mm-hmm. towards people. Towards people, period. Yep. And uh, I can tell you that my hatred for people—I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, didn't like people, didn't want people around me. Uh, I fought so much. I mean, I got good at it. I got really good at it. You know what I mean? And that's disgusting, really. 
if you think about it as a child. Right. Uh, you know, I, Jonathan, I, I, I think that me and you became friends right around when I was the age of 14. Yep, that would be right around, right around there. Yep. Think, right around, yeah, it was so long ago, right? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys are both ancient. <laughs> I know, like 30, that was 30 years ago, you know? <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I know, it goes by quick, brother. Uh, uh, anyway, in my mind, I am very young. Just R- so you right, know. right, right. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> Keep the mirrors away. Oh. <laughs> 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 but, you know... There's a lot of things that you don't even know, you know, when I was coming to your house, just showing up unannounced and things like that as a child, you know, my mother had married this guy. I mean, he was so abusive to her, you know what I mean? Right. And, and I know what she was trying to do. She was trying to find a father figure for her children, you know, right. some kind of stability. But this dude was a drunk, a drug addict the most worst role model that you could find in a, in a father figure. Right. But she didn't know any better, you know. She grew up around all this stuff, and she was just immersed in it and didn't know how to get out because she's a single mother, poor, just trying to figure it out as she goes along. But, you know, she, this guy was so abusive to her, and right around at the age of 14, I started to fight him. Right. So... Every time he would put his hands on my mother, I would fist up. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Here I am as a child, you know, acting like a grown man, fighting a grown man, and uh, trying to devastate his world. I'm actually trying to kill him. Right. And it, you know what I mean, in my mind, but I'm so scared. I remember I was so scared every single time that it happened. You know, it, it happened like every week because he would get drunk and he would just go through these the same thing. It was like Groundhog Day over and over and over, right. and I was fighting him every week. And see, but I can tell I you, show, I can tell you, I, 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 would, I didn't even know that was going on then, you know? You, yeah, you didn't know because no. I was so ashamed. Right. I was ashamed, man, so ashamed that... I didn't want nobody to know this, you know what I mean, around me, like, my mom's letting people beat her up, right. you know, and it was disgusting, it was just so disgusting, and it was the yuckiest feeling, but I would just show up at your house a lot of times, you'd be like, oh, hey, man, what's going on, hey, how you doing, bro, right. and, you know, I would walk all that way down the railroad tracks to your house just to get away from right. all this ugliness, it was, I tell you what, your house was like my safe haven, you know, it was the most normal thing in my life other than my, like, you know, my cubby side of my family because, you know, they're all Christians. They're really, they're beautiful people. They're good people. And, uh, but it's not like your friend, you know what I mean? Right. So it really wasn't the place I would run to go to. It would it would be your house and you and your family. And all you guys didn't know this, of course, because it didn't say anything. I kept a lot of stuff secret. And right. Because, you know, you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed, man. You don't want nobody to know about this stuff. Right. For one, because it's embarrassing. For two, if anybody ever tries to make fun of me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I would be fighting them. <laughs> right. So It was for the safety of you, but also others. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> You know, and I would show up at your doorstep just trying to find a way to, hey, what are you doing today? Uh, let's go do it, whatever. Right. So, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I know uh, it's, it's you know, knowing now, you know, I look back and I'm like, you, you concealed it very well. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's like one of those things that in those moments, that's what you were thinking that needed to be done, you know. Um, and it's not like I could have done much if I had known, but uh, I definitely would have been there for you to talk with, you know. Been, you know, got plenty of friends who've been been through some messed up uh, lives growing up and stuff like that. So um, it is good to talk about no. it. And definitely right now, people, other, you know, young men that are in in that phase of life that are dealing with that, because we know that that stuff just goes on and on through, all throughout the world is, yeah. you know, is really, if you could go back, you know, I mean, what do you think you would tell yourself then even like, would you do anything differently? Would you be in those moments? Would you, you know, let me ask you this. What did it make you feel like about God in this world and everything else? I mean, at that point in your life, did you believe God was even real? Well, you know, I grew up in church, my granny, I love her. And and this is, and this is the big reason. This is one of the big, one of the big reasons why Christ has always been around you know, in my life. But, you know, my granny made sure that every week that we were in the Eaton Baptist Church that was right down This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. The Eaton Baptist Church, I was there every Sunday. Granny made sure that I was there no matter what, you know. I was at Granny's house every weekend kind of thing, and she made sure that I went but I never, I never understood what, I never understood this thing about Jesus and God, and I didn't understand what the adults were talking about. I mean, the communication was horrible. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, you know, as a kid, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm totally scared to know this guy, Jesus, <laughs> or whatever. You know, I'm completely scared because, you know. Everything rests in his hands. <laughs> so, and I remember family, family of mine. Uh, we were in church uh, one Thursday, and they were like, you know, they were like, it was like forcing me, like Jeremiah, come on, man, you you have to come to Christ. If you want to be saved and you and you want to go to heaven and you want your life to be right, you got to come to Christ. But the way they were doing it, it, it was so wrong. They were forcing me, forcing me. <laughs> And not and not and not showing me how to get hungry for him, you know, and not taking me through a walk that was pleasant. It was more scary, and I thought, you know, the whole time, I thought I only had one chance, right? One opportunity. <laughs> this <laughs> so is I, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is it, man. Yeah. But it was like I only had one opportunity, and and that I knew that I was bad as a child. I knew I was bad. And right. I did not want to mess that up. I was scared. I was so scared. So, and I, I just remember saying, no, leave me alone. I, I'm not doing that right now. Just leave me alone, you know. Stop, stop bothering me. Right. And just because I didn't understand who Christ really was, even though I went to church every Sunday and they were preaching it to me and I was coloring, you know, Jesus and on the things in Sunday school and, you know. <laughs> but I just never understood, never understood. You know, and as a as a young guy too, um, you know, most most kids don't fully understand. They do, but they don't. You know, they they know just enough. And and obviously, if uh, your home life was was as messed up as you it was, you have one minute 
remaining. With your home life, you know, as messed up as it was, it's very hard for you to see, you know, uh, oh, yeah. other things in the world, right? Because oh, yeah. you're you're seeing something different. You're like, hey, listen, when I get home, all out brawl could break out, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, so it de- definitely is going to affect your perspective on this. Well, <laughs> you know, if I if I accept this Jesus guy, is this my life going to get better at home? Even, you know, I mean, is it gonna is it gonna take care yeah. of things? I can imagine the thoughts that went through your mind. But um, now, well, I there was two worlds I lived in. And I'll call you back, and we'll we'll talk more about that okay. in a minute. Okay. okay? All right. I'll call so you right back. All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you for using GTL. So now, so now he'll call right back in, and why they don't just let it go without breaking the? They do everything they can. Like when you send money to them, if you send, you can't send any more than four hundred dollars, but you can't send any more than two hundred dollars at one time. No more than four hundred dollars in a month. But only two hundred dollars. You can marry mail two hundred yeah. two two hundred dollar checks, but you can't send four hundred once. Silly. You know, and they do it for everything. It's like everything is a process. You know, and they like to make it hard on them. Interrupt the calls while you're on the call, and then end it at twenty minutes, and then you can call right back and do it again anyway. So I don't know why they don't just let it be. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's paid. It's paid calling. They're restricting so, you. I mean. Yep, that's basically it. They want you to remember every day that you're in the system. You know, that's basically what it is. They don't want people having enough conversation. Does he have any idea what's going on with the coronavirus? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, because yeah, they're unlocked. Nobody can visit the prisons. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, and they started that a couple weeks ago so, already. Okay, yeah. All right. Hello, this is a prepaid debit call from... Jeremiah. An inmate at the Richland Correctional Institution... To accept this call, press zero. To refuse this call, this call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring and recording. Thank you for using GTL. All right. Okay. So, so you you remember where you're at? Yeah, we're living two yeah, separate yeah. lives here. Oh. Two separate lives. So, uh, you know, the when we talk about, I had like. The good angel and the dark, the dark angel on my shoulders, right? Right. You know how you see this picture? Well, I, I lived with it. You know, I had my Covey side of the family, my grandmother, aunts and cousins and uncles, you know, mostly Christian and happy and successful. But I lived in the dark side of it, which is my hay side of my family, which were Bikers, drug addicts, alcoholics, abusers, uh, hatred just flew. I mean, it just flowed through that side of my family. And that's where I lived. Right. And I, you know, and I, and I remember watching my grandmother just struggle watching and losing us, as, losing me as, as a child as I was growing up. And I, and I could see her face. You know what I mean? Right. Still to this day, in different moments, some time periods in my life, where her face started to grimace. You know what I mean? And she knew that she was losing, losing me. See, and I can battle. I can totally uh, feel with that because you know Adonis. I mean, I can imagine, you know, if he was growing up and and it was on you know that dark side, if you will. And here I would be a grandparent on the other side. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility. And may be recorded and monitored. Being a grandparent on the other side, wanting the best for him, and knowing that he's living in a complete, you know, mess, you know, it would eat at me. It would eat at me, you know, greatly. So I can imagine where Grandma was at. 
yeah, it's sadness, you know. Mm-hmm. She lost a son to this. Mm-hmm. You know That's, what I mean? That too. Life, the devil. You know, he, she lost a son to that, and now here his sons, his right. sons are sitting here struggling, you know, trying to figure their way out on their own. Yeah. You know, not using Christ uh, to back us, back me up. Didn't know how. And then to be frank, I mean, it was too hard. It was hard to be close to Jesus. I would I imagine. Didn't know, didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to do that with living in hell. Right. Seriously. You didn't know how to do that. How do you? Right. You know what I mean? Because as soon, as soon as you leave, you leave the church. <laughs> right. You go right back into the... Right back into hell. <laughs> right, right back into hell. Um, so I can imagine now being um, a young man, you know, we met uh, again right around that 14 age. And, uh, you know, at that time, uh, you know, you'd come over and, and I was actually uh, dancing hip hop a little bit then. And I remember you could too. <laughs> yeah. And we started, we started dancing. Uh, I was gonna, yeah, we were yeah. jamming, man. We were, and we were, we were going, and honestly, I don't even know some of the clubs we got into. How I know we both looked young when we were young, uh, you oh know how we got into some. But we went in there just for the dance contest. Like we're just here to sign yeah. up. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, oh, sign man. up. And we, you know, we practiced our routines, uh, you know, back at my house, and you know, got them down pat, and we'd go and we did well, and that was a, it was a oh, good. We had fun. Good, we met so many people, man. Yes, we, I mean, we met so many people. Had so much fun and. As a as a kid hanging out with you, bro, I I, I can't explain to you how much fun that all that was, and, and yep. I would have never learned a lot of that stuff if I didn't hang out with you. Right. You know they, you know, hang out with you like and, and like my my cubby side, my family with, you know, they're all Christians and stuff. I mean, th- those were all the pieces that God put in my life for the for the for the special part. Right. That happens in my life, you know. So I needed you. Your family. I needed my family. All them good ones that came by. I mean, I had so much fun with you. I, it was like a big part of my childhood. It was. It's like the. It's the only good parts that I remember as being a child. It's mm-hmm. hanging out with Jonathan. I mean, you know, I remember being married. You know, my ex. I would, you know, tell her about you and everybody else around. You know, I would tell all these people about you and my buddy Jonathan when I was younger, catching turtles, swimming <laughs> underneath the water, coming up and picking yeah. them up out of the water. We did a know? lot of that, too. A lot of pond hopping, man. A lot of pond hopping. Oh, man. It was so fun, you know. And those were some of the special moments in my life that have uh, got me where I am today. Not well, they were, they were seeds prison, of... But Right. Well, seeds of <laughs> seeds of memories, um, you know, and as you like you mentioned, all these little pieces, uh, these yeah. good pieces that you, you took with you ultimately, you know, through life added up and uh, helped lead you to back to, well, to the Lord, period, which was awesome. Yeah. And yeah. and so now, you know, uh, we we go through our uh, high school years and we're we kind of um, yeah, probably right around, you know, 17 or so. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, life, exactly. life starts taking over and all that. And, and, you know, we kind of just, I guess, quietly even, you know, or just subtly, you know, we're kind of going and doing and our own thing. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a choice that we made. It was no, just it just kind of happened. You, 
you know, you were graduating. I was still, I had quit school. Right. You were graduating, and we were just going separate ways, you know. I right. was going down a different road that you were going down, and which is a good thing. You were going down <laughs> a different road than me. Right. But, uh, yeah, we just, it was just, it was it's just kinda, quietly, yeah. and just kind of disappeared, you know. Yeah, it was. It was kind of weird, and, uh, and. And then so post, you know, post high school years, so, you know, adulthood, if you will, young adulthood, um, you know, you're out and you're working and doing your things in life. So tell me a little bit now this about your... This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Tell me about yeah, now was, your young adult I, I was life. working. I was working, you know, when I quit school, I quit school at 16 years old to start working. I mean, I wanted to go to work and make money. I was so tired of being broke. You know, right. So I, I started learning uh, drywall finishing and stuff when I was a youngster. Started off four dollars an hour. Don't laugh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's what I got paid to go bale hay with uh, uh, the turnuses over there. But I remember it, that. But it included that. it included all you can eat breakfast and lunch. So for a young oh, young man, I got four bucks an hour and I got breakfast and lunch. I'm in. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So. Yeah, I was making $4 an hour, and I started to learn the trade of drywall finishing. And by the time I hit the age of uh, 18, you know, that in that whole time I was struggling, you know, drinking, partying, uh, just living life uh, <laughs> kind of chaotically, but trying to keep it under wraps, you know what I mean? Organized chaos. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like some organized chaos, you know, just... I, I was drinking a lot, actually, just try, trying to hang out with everybody to be cool, you know, right. how that goes, I guess. Uh, but when I turned 18, I started to try to run my own business and stuff, and so I started to, and I did all right. I did pretty good for 18. People laughed at me and said, you're crazy, because I looked young, because, you know, I still look young now. Right. But back then, I really looked young. Right. <laughs> and... uh so a couple guys gave me an opportunity, and I started to work and make some good money. And uh, but it, you know, I was still struggling. I mean, it's, let's let's be real. I was struggling. I wasn't with Christ. I mean, I was I was trying to figure out ways to make him not real. You know what I mean? Right. It don't. I guess you know, going to church all them years as I was a child. You know, Granny really had put him in my mind help put them in my mind, you know. Right. Uh, so as I was going along working and I I started to date, a, I started to date a girl and had ended up getting into a fight and I got some charges at the age of 23, forced assault, aggravated rioting and stuff. And, and, uh, I remember I, I got out of jail. I started running, I started renting a house from a friend in Illyria, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I remember I was like, man, my life is out of control, and uh, so I put everything down, I started I started my own little company again, because I lost everything, started my own little company again, doing subcontracting drywall, Right. and, uh, and I had gotten a roommate to help me pay for some bills, and he had, you know, he, I laid down the rules before he moved in, and and what do you know? He was selling drugs behind my back, and got the house raided, and I ended up getting drug charges with him. 
I couldn't get out of it. Oh, yeah. So I had some drug trafficking and uh, some robberies (laughs) that I didn't do, but uh, I still got them. And I had this other charge, the police assault, so they made me take everything because I couldn't beat it all, and I would end up going to prison for a long, long time. So I went to prison, uh, got a four-year deal, and ended up doing three years and getting out a year early. And when I, uh, so I did all that time in prison and got out at 27. Then I had met my ex-wife. And, you know, it's it's so funny because when I got out, I was like, you know, I got to do the right thing. I, I'm never going back to prison again. This is not my life. This is not who I am. And I, I was... I had met my ex-wife, and I, I just I wanted to marry her, and I didn't even I didn't even give allow myself to even fall in love with her or anything. I just it was the right thing to do, you know what I mean? And I wanted everybody to be looking at me like, okay, Jeremiah, he's he's got everything on track, you know, he's doing really good. I wanted everybody to see that I was changing. Right. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility. And maybe recorded life. and monitored. It wasn't changing, you know. I was still stuck. I was still stuck without Christ, thinking that I can control all this, that I got this, that right. I had this, you know, and that I control my destiny. I control my future. I control everything. I'm pretty much God myself. You right. know, that, right. that you get that. You get that thinking of, like, yeah, you know, I yeah, got this. I'm going to fix this. I got this. I'll handle it. Yeah. I'll do it. Uh, I'm the man. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'll so pr- prove yourself to the world, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I even, I, I tell you the truth, I even developed that attitude towards people, <clears throat> you know, that I was greater than. <clears throat> right. That Pride. I was greater than these people. Pride cometh and, before uh, the fall. Yeah, even I treated all my workers like crap. You know what I mean? I, I, I slaved them. You know what I mean? I was just like trying to get every little bit of juice out of them that I could before they quit. Right, right. <laughs> and it, it, that's not funny. It's not funny, but thinking back, it's like, man, I was insane. Right. But, you know, I, and uh, as time went on, as time went on, uh, you know, I was with my ex, and we were drinking a lot, fighting a lot, constantly arguing, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like, what the heck is wrong, you know? Everything is perfect. We have money, we have a home, we have everything that we want and need. You know, like, wh- what could be the problem? But the problem was, is me and my attitude and uh, the way I was treating people, you know? Right. Like, I was, I like I was the alpha and omega. I mean, really, I did. And it was some well, ugly stuff. Y- you hadn't. Uh, I mean, at this point, you know, you you didn't see a need for God, or you know, didn't have God in your life at all. I mean, it was still like you said. It was everything on your your own uh, merit, and you know, you're you have uh, this point where you're trying to realize like, why aren't things better? You know, like and, and, yeah. And even the fighting, you know, all that fighting that I did all the way up until even then, uh, you know, you feel like you're the ba- you're the baddest one. Yeah, you're the toughest guy. Yeah. You know, after after all these wins, it starts really 
feeding into your ego and you start feeling like yeah you're uh you're unstoppable right you, you cannot be you're you will you'll never destruct and you see it and when your mindset and just you know with other gentlemen listen out there too when you're when you're in that mindset of you got this i got this i'm good i got it under control you know and and i'm better than this person or this person that person at this or at that you know i know what i'm doing blah 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 that right there is is even though it sounds like a a moment of strength that is the weakest any man could ever be because the reality is is i learned a long time ago um is that mentality will lead you right over a false floor, man, and you'll fall right through it. Like you got to realize that you know what I'm fallible, and I'm I'm gonna make mistakes, and I need to you know be cautious, right, over yourself, and and understand that uh, you know things can get ugly real quick, regardless of how great you feel you are. It can all be gone and in, in a really overnight, overnight. Yeah. You know, I, I would, when I was thought I had control of everything, you know, you, I, you always lose control when you're doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, I had always lost control in so many situations, you know, because I couldn't control myself, especially with the ego that I had and uh, the tough guy attitude and, uh, like, I'm the best and that's all there is to it. Uh, it you, you fail so many times every week. And I, you, you just write them off. Right. Like it didn't happen. Yeah, that really was my fault gotta, all the way. That was because this happened. <laughs> yeah. You got the yeah, excuse list. Guy, it was the dumb guy's fault. <laughs> right, right. It's everyone else except <laughs> yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, you, you, you can never blame yourself because you got to maintain that ego and that tough guy mentality. And you want to talk about a failure, man. What a failure that is. So t- what a... You, you set yourself up for the worst thing possible to happen to yourself, you know. And uh, so, tell me with with that, you know, here you are. You've got your business, you know. Uh, you've got your house. You got the things that you need, and you got your girl. And but yet, you know, you're drinking a lot. You know, uh, you you've got arguing going on, this and that. You know, um, that's where parts of childhood come to interject into future relationships, and sure. it's causing a mess. Things like that, and so. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. As you're going through, you know, those phases now, what are you, what are you, you're beginning to think, like, why are we unhappy? What are you going through in that mindset? Uh, I mean, like, you guys are, are you you thinking you're in the wrong spot? I mean, like, you're trying to, like, give your own answer. Where were you at, you know? You're right. I tried to answer my own questions because that's the only way I could be right. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, seriously. Uh, but, you know, it, I, as it was going on, man, you know, I think about Christ all the time, but I'm trying to uh, make him not real. Right. Okay? Because if he's real, then I'm wrong. Right. <laughs> that that is right. the that is the the thing. unfortunately that's really how the rest of the world wants to see Christ. Yeah. If they could just pretend he's not real, then they're yeah. just fine the way they are and they don't have to do anything different. And in trouble. Yeah, yeah. And in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's the biggest problem is is knowing that is to be able to say that you're wrong. A, a lot of us men, we grow up, we see another man be tough and strong and fighting, they're winning, you know, they're winning, winning, winning. We're thinking, 
and that we can never be wrong because you have never heard that strong, tough guy say that I was wrong. You know what I mean? But not on top so, of that – oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I mean not, not only are you wrong, but I mean when you're, when you're accepting Christ into your life, you have to realize that you are a, a sinful being. You have to understand yes. that you are you, – you will never be able to meet the standards that Christ met. And that is very difficult, especially if you're someone, you know, let's say that was in and out of the prison system. Because I would assume that in a rough prison, you got to be the man. You got to be tough. Yeah, you got, correct that, me if I'm wrong, because trust me, oh, I'm never yeah. bad. But oh. I'm saying I, that's that's what I would see. And to be able yeah, to just yeah, drop it, that is is, yeah. is you can't you can't just drop it. Right. It's not. It's not. No. Easy. No. And, and your ego, your ego doesn't allow that to happen. Well. It, I mean, it, it, no, it just doesn't. It doesn't you're, allow that to happen. Yep, you, you're, you never right. learned it. You never learned it to be okay to be wrong. You know what I mean about right. anything. I I never learned that. Okay, right. guys. You have one minute remaining. I grew up and was always told what not to do instead right. of what to do. Mm, right. So that thing right there uh, screws a child's mind up, and I have learned that as an adult. I will call you back. He's going to hang up, okay? Okay, thank you. All right, thanks. And we'll talk more about that. All right. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility. Okay, I'm back. All right. Let's rock Okay, on. so, you know, that that whole, that key right there of learning what to do versus what not to do is huge. And I, this, this was, like, profound to me. I When I was in Grafton Prison, I was training uh dogs for uh, service dogs for uh, disabled children okay right and also autistic but you know we were training these dogs and i have learned that instead of telling the dog what not to do because they don't really understand what not to do you know even though you're saying don't do this don't do that but when i started to train the dog teaching him what to do and rewarding that with happiness or whatever it is, right? Uh, the dog was amazing. He performed perfectly, right? You know, and, uh, and for me as a child, you know, I was always, you know, I got my butt whipped nonstop for what not to do, and I learned nothing but to run away. That right. was like the best thing to do, and you know, and I would. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. That's why I got out into the neighborhoods and learned all the bad things and because they were teaching me what to do. <laughs> like, hey, this is how you get this. Because you've got to figure out, <laughs> yeah. you got to now teach yourself what to do. Yep. And yeah. you, yeah. not even teach yourself, but you've got to find someone else to tell you. And I was just about to say, and you were finding what to do with everybody in the neighborhood. Yep. Yes. Yes, and that's you know, and that happens to a lot of kids these days. And this is why we're having a lot. Of, one of the reasons I'm not going to say why, but one of the reasons why we're having a lot of problems versus you know, and Christ not being in the home like he should be, you know, to the parents. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, I know that how I grew up was completely backwards, and it was only because my mother also did not get taught what to do. She was also taught what not to do, and she never got to learn that. Right. You know. Uh, my mother passed away back in 2015 from uh, lung cancer, and uh, it was devastating to me. But, you know, the, the beautiful thing that happened was is that, you know, as my mother was dying, 
I was able to call her. And uh, and I'm talking like, fellas, just days before she died, you know, she, I remember her telling me on the phone, like, you know, some, Jeremiah, uh, I'm going to die, honey. And I was and I was floored, God. I mean, I was so floored. I could not believe this was really happening in my life. Right. You know? And, uh... <laughs> Hold on. Okay. <laughs> that was so loud. Anyway, uh... I, I don't know. It, you know, it, it was it was the hard... One of the hardest things I ever had to deal with. And it, it, if I got this, if I didn't have Christ in my life, I would not have been able to cope. Seriously. I would not have been able to cope. But, you know, as, she, as she's sitting there dying, you know... So the white shirt, which is a sergeant, yeah, I kicked open his door. <laughs> he was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> and uh, I was like, "I gotta use your phone now, you know, because my mother, I couldn't get a hold of my mother." So I called her, and she answered, and she was in a hospital bed, and she told me she was going to die. And uh, you know, it, it was just the hardest thing to hear, and I just, I got. I got really scared, you know, because I now have Christ in my life, and I'm going. I'm going to be okay. Right. I'm going to be completely fine. And but I was worried for her. And I'm like, all right, mom. You know, I stopped thinking about her dying, and I was like, we got to get busy. You know. And I- this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility, and may be recorded and monitored. I said, Mama, I love you so much. I love you so much. And I was like. Jesus loves you too, though, and you have to come to him right now, right this minute. You can't wait any longer. You don't have any time. Right. And she's like, okay, baby, what do I do? What do I do? And we sat there and we prayed, and I prayed to her. I said, Mama, just ask Jesus to come into your heart right now. And she just said it, Lord, please come into my heart. And she did it, and she she became saved. Well, that's awesome. It's good stuff anyway. when you can reach in, <laughs> reach in, re- oh, like yeah. literally, like right last moment, last opportunity, um, and that's last a blessing moment, that you I, have I, it. There was, there was no time left, no time. I'm talking no time. It was only two days. This was on a, this was on a, a, a Saturday, and she died on a Monday. That Monday. Wow. And uh, and then after I got the call that she had passed away on that Monday. Now, before, listen, this is going to sound funny, but <laughs> my money, my mom was always funny into haunting, like her mother haunted her, right? Right, right. Went to, after she passed away. But my mom said, uh, before she hung up the phone, don't you worry, I'm going to haunt you, I promise. I'm going to come back and I'm going to haunt you. Uh, and I was like, I was like, well, you know what? You better, you better haunt me, mama. I love you so much. I said, God loves you so much. And uh, we hummed the phone, and then she died on that Monday. And then that Tuesday was so cold here in Richland, where I'm at right now in this prison. Uh, it was so cold. It just had snowed so much, and there was snow everywhere. And it was that kind of snow when you walk on, it crunches underneath your feet. Right. And uh, I had this big jacket on with the hood on it, and it's February. It is, I mean, it's like nine degrees, and no air. It's completely still outside, and I'm walking, and I look up. I'm outside. I look up, and I'm like, Mama, you said... This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Mama, you said you'd haunt me. 
you better haunt me. You better do it. <laughs> and I kept looking up, and I was like, I said, God, will you please let me know that she made it and she's okay. And then I looked back down, looking at my feet as I'm walking through the snow, kicking it. And, guys, I could not believe it. I have never seen this. But all of a sudden I hear a quack, quack, and I'm thinking it's geese, right? <laughs> and I look up. Man, it is 26 white swans, and they were huge. Huh. They were huge, man. They looked like jets going through the air. <laughs> they were so big. <laughs> and uh, and, I, and I just said, thank you, Lord, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for relieving my, because that pain was in my heart, and he just, he just relieved me from it, you know, and just washed me. And it was like the most beautiful thing I have ever experienced that moment other than the time that I came to Christ. Well, the, I think something to take from that, too, is, folks, you know, Jeremiah had the, the, the pleasure of having that last-minute slide into home plate save mom. And yeah. quite frankly... Uh, Literally last inning. Yeah, last, last bottom of the ninth, I mean, double, you know, it's tied and up. thank God for that. Right, and that's, that's what's powerful is that you, you put it as, uh, impo- you know, utmost importance to get it done uh realizing you didn't have much time left and you know and and it is it's a blessing that you're able to because imagine you know if you had just waited two days it would have been too late and and that's that right there is hard to live with and i can tell you christians you're listening out there we all have family you know uh you need to be bold you need to you need to reach out because uh tomorrow may not come for them you may not have that time um it would be great right if we all knew when our ticket was going to get punched and we could just sit there and plan it out and you know wait till the last minute and you know but uh, i'm glad you did that and and yeah. and i'm sure you, know, you are too because it's it's a lot easier to uh oh man the peace. you know yeah i can't yeah just thinking about it is it's it's easy now and it's not like you know when you know somebody wasn't right with him and you know, yep. where do they go? You know, where do they go? You know, <laughs> well, most yeah. likely not home. Right. And, <laughs> and well, it's sad. And, I did, and I'm so happy I don't have to think like that, you know, today. Right. But, yeah. So now, and and again, you know, this is your personal testimony, so you can elaborate as, as much or as not as you want on things, too. So when, uh, you know, you were married, right? And uh, yeah, before yeah. before prison, no, before back. prison, yes, we'll, we'll dial back for a second. And before prison, here you are, you gather, you got your business, you got employees, you got things. And, and from the outside, you know, if you will, it's like, you know, life looks good. Jeremiah's got so, his stuff together. So what this happened? This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm working like crazy, you know, back in uh, 09 and... And you got that recession that hit, man, was was taking a toll on me. But, the, you know, every job that I did, the, the prices kept going down because the prices of the homes kept going down. And so I had to continue to lower my prices to get the jobs. And, you know, I had accumulated. I got this life, guys. You know, I'm making so much money. And it, life is so good. I can spend as much as I want and not even care. You know, I could buy the things and... You know, I got in debt like crazy, and so when that recession happened, I wasn't ready for that, you know? I didn't plan for that. Right. Now, guys, remember, I never learned from anybody how to run a business. I I quit school. Uh, I never saved a dollar. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Never. 
crazy, right? right? So I never saved a dollar. I'm making thousands and thousands and thousands every week, and I'm spending it like I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> All right? Right. And seriously, because I'm a fool. I don't even know. Right. So I, I'm the recession hit. Uh, I had to start picking up more work. I started to get really scared. I was about to lose everything. And I was working 12, at least 12 hours a day from night to dark to dark, you know, coming home, not being able to even talk to anybody at home. I would fall asleep and wake up, you know, dirty, take a quick shower, go to work, come back, same thing, over and over and over every day. And it took a toll on my body. And I just remember... I was working in a house over there in Avon, in a real, like a $500,000 home, you know, where, uh, and I reached over a foyer, and something popped in my back, Ooh. and I dropped the bazooka, and it, oh. it, which is a taping gun yep. for drywall, but it hit the ground and destroyed the bazooka, and uh, I just remember it, as the day went on, my back was just aching worse and worse and worse and worse. And by the time I got home, I'm just like, you know, I'm not telling anybody about this, but my back is uh, destroyed, right? Right. And then I remember, I remember my mother had soldier surgery, soldier surgery, and she had saved all of her Vicodin to because it made her sick when she took it. Right. Now, guys, at this point, I'm not on drugs at all. I don't do drugs or anything like this. Uh, you know, back in the day, I dibble dabbled. You know what I mean? Right. I'm really, I'm not, I'm really against drugs at this point in time in my life. Really, I am. I, I can't, I don't, I, I can't stand people that do them. Right. And, I, no and, and, as, for them. and as you get forward into it too, don't forget, I want to, you know, to include the story about the gentleman that you had that worked for Oh, yeah, you. yeah. We'll get to and, that and one. And I'll but, tell you that, right. Go yeah. Ahead. Uh, uh, so, you know, uh, as I, before I tell you what happened with the Vicodin, uh, I remember I, months before this. Uh, <laughs> there was the a guy works. that was working. <laughs> yeah, months before this happened, uh, there was a guy that was working for me, and he he wasn't working for me for very long, and he was kind of a rough dude. I can't really remember his name because I had hired so many people off of Craigslist. I mean, I was just going through them, man. I was just using them up and letting them go, using them up, letting them go, but. <clears throat> there was this guy who was working for me, and I was picking him up. And I remember one day, I meet up with all the guys at the job site, and, you know, I normally say, hey, you're going to do this, you're going over there, you're going upstairs, you're going to do that to all the guys, and I'm sending them on their way. And I realize this one guy is in the house, and I'm like, where is he at? So I walk out to the garage, and there he is, sitting on a stack of trim. And I'm like, hey, man, what's going on, bud? He goes, oh, Boss, you know, I got to talk to you, man. I gotta, I'm looking at him, and he's sweating. I mean, he's just sweating profusely. I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know? Right. And he looks up at me, and he goes, I just got to tell you, I'm a heroin addict. And if I, don't have, if I don't get any heroin, I can't work today. I'm sick. Guys, you would not believe I was so upset. I looked at him. I said, no way. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. It's a no wonder your woman can't stand you. 
I said, you're a piece of beep. And I was like, dude, get up. Get off of my job and don't come back. He goes, but, but I need a ride. I need a ride. I said, I don't care what you need. Beat it. And he was like, and I just remember the look on his face, guys. It was just like he couldn't believe I was saying this to him. And I felt no remorse at right. the time. I felt no remorse because I had no respect for his junkie. Right. How dare you come on my job? Right. You, you, you didn't, right. at this point in your life, you didn't understand that. You know, you didn't understand oh. addiction. You, you, you didn't understand that. No. Like, listen, I, I got you a job here. You know, it's bad enough. We, we pick you up and bring you to work. Like, you know, we're helping you out, and you can't help yourself. So you had this. <sighs> there's a lot of people. Uh, so I, I've done uh, enough uh, addiction <laughs> counseling, and there's a lot of people that really believe, right? Like, just the same way. Like, oh, you're a junkie. You're a worthless person. You're just and you, you want to be you this way, and that's that's. that's my yeah, yeah. So, so that's your mindset there. So now, uh, he you send him packing, uh, and then what? Well, I sent him packing, you know, and uh, never thought twice about it. And then here I go, you know, I hurt my back, and remember my mother had these because uh, she was for pain management had these Vicodins that she saved up for like a whole year. <laughs> she right. has a whole year worth. Right. And. Uh, I have this great idea, you know, because I don't have insurance. There's no way I could pay for a doctor uh, visit, and there's no way that I could go get help. Right. So, you oh, got work to do. Great right? idea. I got work to do, and I can't stop. I got 10 people that are working for me that I got to make sure that their, their families are being fed and they're getting taken care of, and they have a job. And I could not stop. I was a working boss. And um, I had to make sure I was at the job or I would lose everything. Right. So I went to my mother and I said, Mama, you know, uh, hurt my back and I can't even get to work. I couldn't even get out of bed. And she goes, well, yeah, if you need them, go ahead. You can have them. And so I took the whole year's worth. <laughs> right. I took them. I said, great. And she looked at me like, oh, you need all that? Right. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll see. You know? <laughs> I, uh, so I started chewing them up, eating them like Pez, like it was like a Pez dispenser, man. Right. And as time went on, I developed more of a tolerance, but I'm not paying attention, I'm not paying attention that, you know, uh, there's a reason why there's rules to taking medication like this. Right. You know, I'm not paying attention because, you know, first, first of all, it, that would never happen to me anyway. Okay. I got this. Right. That ego. Right. You know, we're co we're cool. We got this. So I've been able to handle everything all up to this point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I started taking them, eating them like Pez. There was like a Pez dispenser, and I was just constantly eating them. I was taking one, and I was taking two, and then it was three, four, five, six, and then I was eating like 15 at a time. Yep. I mean, yeah, for it to work on my back, and then finally ran out of those pills. And I realized that... uh now I need them. And then I went to Opana's, which is a pill for people that are on their deathbed. And I'm taking a lot, and those become too much, costing too much money to buy. And then I turned to heroin. I ended up losing. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I ended up losing my business, sold my property, Sold my four-wheelers, boats, everything that I owned. 
started selling everything that I had, man. And still, I still got this ego thing that I'm doing good. <laughs> Stuff's going out the hey, door. You're like, I got this, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got this. You know, I'm good. I'm sitting here freaking living in my grandfather grandfather's home again. Oh, I'm cool. Right. Yeah, I'm cool. I still got a nice, still got a nice vehicle. <laughs> right. Well, that's the deception, right? The devil. You have one minute remaining. The devil will bring you in, right? Uh, he'll make you pay yeah. more than you were willing to pay and stay longer than you wanted to stay. And, and the whole time, yeah. you're thinking that you got this, and he knows. He's like, no, no, no. I got you. No, no. Yes. I'll call you right back. Okay. All right. Thank oh. you for using GTL. Hey. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you know, uh, my life was completely out of control, guys. I've lost everything. I sold everything, you know. And then, but listen, this, this drug addiction, this heroin, this heroin thing, uh, drug addiction, opiate problem that's going on, it, I mean, this is serious. It would, it would take the best people in the world and completely change them completely changed them into a worse person. It's because... I don't care who you are, how strong you are, you cannot control this. This yep. is not something you can control. Uh, it rewires your brain. I mean, people don't understand that, have been in there that, you know, again, it's not like anyone ever says, gee, when I grow up, I want to be an addict. Um, nobody ever says that. So you have to understand they were once... You know, people just like yourself that were innocent, didn't have issues with that and never had that addiction and didn't have their body saying food and water doesn't even matter anymore. Mm -hmm. Just get me my drug. Mm -hmm. That's what the body is doing. The brain is wired and it's almost like you're trapped in your own flesh. You're trapped in it and, yeah. and your mind is saying, I don't want to do this anymore. But your body is is overriding so hard that you're just following through the motions. This it's, call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Well, your body tells you that you have to do it. Right. You yep. have to. Yeah, it's not no, an option. You have, no, you have no choice. There's no option. Uh, the sickness that comes from that is, I, I can't, it's so hard to explain. Um, it's the worst illness, worse than the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I, <laughs> I feel. Uh, uh, it, it, it's so bad. I mean, listen, so I started committing burglaries, okay, because my body needed it so bad. I, I, I put myself, I, listen, I was completely against people that did stuff like this. Right, I know that's the irony, Man. right? Just months before, months, you yes, had an employee and, and you eviscerated him and, and thought he was lesser. And then here you are. This is <laughs> this is how the Lord yeah. works, right? And the Lord said, oh, I, you, you, you're going to tear him a new one and do what you did. And you've done it on the least of them. You've done it unto me. Yeah. So, Jeremiah, here's a little for you, yeah. you know. And all of a sudden, you're in this predicament now. And you're that guy, the guy that yeah. you never thought you would be, the guy that, you know, you thought was lesser. And then here you are. You're you're swimming in it and you're or drowning in oh, it, however you want to say, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was definitely immersed into this. Uh, my life revolved around finding it, getting it, finding the money for it. Uh, when was I going to do it next? And how much was I going to use at that time? Uh, uh, how many needles can I fit in my arm at once? 
And this is serious, guys. I mean, there's times where I was putting two needles at the same time because it, the, the liquid would get so syrupy that it couldn't fit in just one. Huh. And so, I mean, and this is enough to kill anybody. Right. And I was on the verge, but, you know, I started burglarizing homes and uh, taking from good people that do not deserve to be caught up in my mess. My mess. This was my problem that I had inflicted on other people. You know, this I was the guy that I was yelling at just months prior to this, you know, calling you a piece of... I was, I was talking to myself now. Really. Right. And it, I, it's, it was so embarrassing, man. I tried to hide this, and, and, you know. I remember my granny. I love her so much. She's such a good person. She loves she loves the Lord so much. And uh, I remember, and it killed me. I went to her house. I made sure that I was doing and seeing people that I was supposed to see to keep my life looking like I was doing the right things. Right. And I remember I went to my grandmother's one time. I had done her flower beds, made them real nice, and then took, you know, everybody over there, and we went over there, and my granny says, now, Jeremiah, I have a question to ask you. I'm like, yeah, granny. She's like, now, I, I don't believe it, but are you on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> she could sense I something. I looked at her. The drugs kicked in. And I said, heck no. Right. <laughs> Completely lied to her. And I remember I got my vehicle after we told her goodbye. I loved her and got my vehicle and was driving away. And it was just killing me. I wanted to turn around. I said, should I turn this around and go back and tell her? Maybe this is my chance to get help because, you know, I don't want nobody to know. Right. And, uh this costs a lot of money, guys. I mean, this addiction is so expensive. It costs money, even not just the drugs, but what you do to people and the money that comes out of their pockets. And uh, It's devastating, but, you know, and I said to myself, oh, no, she'll never understand. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Never understand. Nobody will understand this because I didn't understand that man that was sitting on a pile of trim on one of my job sites. Right. You know, and I grew up in the biker world. I grew up around drugs constantly. So if I don't understand, <laughs> how can my grandmother ever understand? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And it's sad and it's really true. And a lot of people, if anybody is listening, man, just reach out and the ones that are struggling right now and you hear my voice, man, just don't be afraid to say something. Just do it. It's worth it. You're worth it. Your life is worth it. And and Jesus will save you if you start to make those steps towards him. If you just do it, it will happen. And he will fix you right now. There's no there's no seconds later. It's right now. Uh, so, you know... It, the back get back on topic, uh you know, I I I started to commit these burglaries to take care of my habit because I didn't have anything else to sell anymore. Right. Everything was already gone. And and I remember the last home and this is really hard to talk about because you know, 
I could just feel like people frowning on me, like, oh my gosh, you're so disgusting. And, uh, but I just remember the last home I was in, my wife drops me off. You know, I fit the bill. I'm all in black. I got the backpack on. I got the crowbar. You know, I got, I'm all in black, ski mask, uh, gloves. Uh, this is why they haven't been able to find me. Because I was thorough. Right. You know, at least my ego was telling me I was. <laughs> <laughs> nobody can no. see your nobody can see you, yeah. man. You're invisible. <laughs> you got it, buddy. Just go em. get it. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh you know, I'm in I'm in this the last house that I, I'm in, okay, that I ever set foot in that is not my home, which was so wrong. I, I go in and I'm I, I walk into the living room. It's completely dark. And you're in. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. In there to take these people's valuables. I'm not in there to hurt them. Right. Even though I even though I'm hurting them. Right. I, I'm not in there to hurt them. I don't ever want to hurt them or anybody. But I'm in there, and I'm and I'm going to take their valuables. And I walk into the living room, and I remember they had beautiful carpet. And I look around, and I realize that it's a husband and wife, an old couple. And man, it just hit me so hard. I'm like, and I hated my freaking life. I freaking hated my life. Completely hated it. And I fell to my knees, and I was like, I can't, I'm so sick of me. And I said, you know, guys, I don't, you know, remember, I don't believe in God. Right. I don't believe in Jesus. I believe in me. Right. All right? And because of all the things, my granny and others, even your parents, right. you know, church, and had put into my mind, and Christ being in there on his own, too, and all, using the different people and things. All the memories were still in there, and I fell to my knees on that carpet, and I started crying, like, please help me, God, please help me. Help me get out of this. I don't want to do this anymore. I hate my life. I hate this. You know, and then the realness set back in that I had to get back on my feet because I'm in someone's home (laughs) that they can come home on. And I jump back up, you know. I shake it off, right? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? White lines, like, you're so stupid. Come on, man, get it together. Right. right. Yeah, pull it together. Out of, you're out of control, man. <laughs> Been out yep. of control this whole, this whole time. Right. You're out of control, man. Get it together. Right. So, I, you know, I stand up and, I'm, and I go to their bedrooms and I get everything, all the jewelry, all the gold, all the coins, you know. You know, I'm looking at their TV and I'm drooling. Uh, now nah, I'm gonna leave that. Uh, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I see flashing lights go through their bedroom. I'm like, what the heck? And I run to the back door and I look out. And on the other road, which is, I mean, it's so close to this house, uh, my wife is getting pulled over by the Madonna police. And I, and, I hear him. He's so loud. Get out of the car! Get out of the car! And they got their guns, you know, drawn. Get out of the paving car! 
You know, and she's like, wait, wait. And I can hear all this going on. I'm like, oh, my God, what the heck is going on? Right. You know, first thing comes to my mind is not that, you know, God just saved me. But <laughs> to run, dude, don't just stay in here, run. Right. <laughs> so I run out of the house. I run, you know, this is all the way in Medina. I go through all these woods for hours, you know, hours and hours. I'm trucking through these woods, you know. It's the end, you know, but I, I got to get some more heroin before I, I get in trouble, you know, and it, this crazy thing is just don't never leave your mind. This addiction is constantly like, you know, but you got to do this first, you know, like you have control of this crap. And I, you know, I, I finally, I finally make it home and I'm going through some backyards. I'm going to get to my grandfather's house and then I come in, I'm coming through yards and I look and there's cops everywhere. Hmm. I just put this man through hell. You know what I mean? Not only this man, but my whole family, my children. And I'm like, I'm so scared. I'm so scared, right? And I jump in the back of this truck. It's in November. It's cold, man. I jump in the back of this truck. I have no jacket on. I've been trucking through water this whole time, trying to get away from these police. Right. And... I, I get in the back of this truck and I'm waiting, waiting for hours. I'm something I'm freezing, man. I'm shaking like crazy, and I fall asleep for a moment. Then I wake, wake back up and it's daylight. And I get out of this truck and I run across the street. I get in the house, and and my wife's there. And I'm like, here, take this, take this money that I got and go get some heroin in Cleveland. And she goes while I'm laying there. She uses my mother's car. My mother has no idea. Comes back. I do some heroin. My mom's looking at me like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. <laughs> Whatever that is. I fall asleep, and then I wake up to the police. And I tell everybody to get out of the house, you know. Get out of the house. Go, go. Get out of the house. And I'm not coming out of the house right now. Get out of the house. Everybody gets out of the house, and I'm sitting there. And I'm just thinking, this is it. Police comes in, arrests me, and I go to jail. Fellas, uh, detox is not easy. Right. I was up for 15 days straight, shaking, sweating, puking, uh, dry heaving. I couldn't eat. Every time food would come into the prison block, uh, it it, it would the smell of it would just make me puke even more. I didn't eat for days, barely drinking water. I remember the Medina police officers were coming in there. Hey, Cubby, Cubby, are you all right? Are you all right? You gonna be okay? I'm like, you know, I just kept saying, yeah, yeah, just get out, get out, man. Just, just leave me alone. I'll be fine. Just let me get through this. And then, 15 days went by, you know. And I remember that one. I w- this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I finally got that one moment of being sober and, and getting through it. It was like that fresh air. Like I was able to finally be okay for a split moment, mm-hmm. you know, that things were going to be okay. And then I would go back to detoxing again, and then it was less and less every day. Every day I kept getting better. My mind started getting better. My body started getting healthier. I started to become stronger. And, you know, I was going through this court. Man, this court beat me up. I mean, it 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 murdered me. It murdered me, man, inside. it was I was scared every day. 
didn't know what was going to happen, you know, and I finally go to get my sentencing and uh, the judge, Judge Collier, and he might not know, but I love him to death. And, you know, he was part of saving my life. He doesn't even know it, but, you know, he said, Amen. Mr. Covey, uh, I'm going to sentence you to 15 years. And I remember just, that's what I heard in my ears. And right. I was like tuning, I was like, I was losing it there for a moment. Right. I'm going to take a deep breath, like, what did he just say? Because huh. I thought I was getting 12, you know? Right. And it, that's how these things go. Dude, I rolled the dice. I was gambling. And I lost. Yep. You know, I lost. I didn't have no control over my life. And this was a wake-up call, like, see, you don't. Yeah. So stop pretending that you do. And I went to prison, man. I, I went to I went to LORCI out there in Grafton. Mm-hmm. You know where that's at. Yep. And uh, I remember, I remember those first days, man. I remember day number one. Remember we talked about this day yeah. number one, man. Oh my gosh, day number one of fifteen years. How, how I can't I can't tell you guys the weight of this. It's so heavy. I could not handle this on my own. I could not carry that. You know, just think about Jesus carrying that cross, man. He did right. it. I couldn't. I right. couldn't. I didn't Amen. have the strength. And, you know, I, I had a bunkie, and it's nighttime, middle night, I can't sleep. I'm thinking, like, oh, my gosh, what do I This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I do with my life, you know. My life is completely over. You know, you, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel when somebody tells you, hey, you got 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Wake up. <laughs> right. That's a long tunnel. Like, oh, my, dude. It's whew. Anyway, I just was thinking, like, oh, my gosh, 15 years, man. I can't do this. Man, I was I was so low. I was at the bottom of my life. I mean, there was no more lower I could go. Right. There was nothing. There was nothing below me but me. I was this it. Right. I can't get no lower than this. I'm on the floor, and I, I guys, I wanted to die. I wanted to die, man. Like this can't be happening. I wanted to die. You cannot take my life from away from me. And I just remember and the only thing I could see, you know, is the Bible. And I pick it up. I'm like, this is it. I got to give up, man. I don't have any control. Over anything, I gotta give up. This is the, I'm done. I'm tapping out. And I had a bunkie. He was up in his rack. He was sleeping, completely dark. I can't turn a light on because they control that too. Right. And uh, I take the Bible and I go over to this little window in the door. It's showing just a little bit of light through where I could look at the Bible. And I, I, I was in John somewhere. I can't tell you where I was at in John. Because I could just, I could only remember how I felt. But I was bawling. I'm bawling. I'm wiping my nose like, please, Jesus. And, and I know my blunkie's sitting there curled up in like a fetal position. Like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, my gosh. He's going crazy. <laughs> He's going nuts. Right. You have one minute remaining. I'm like, please come into my life and save me, Lord. Just save me. 
just save me. Please, I beg you. And it was immediately, it was immediately my life was completely fixed and joy was in my heart. I felt love. I could feel again. I mean, right now, let me call you right back. Okay. I know. Thank you for using we, GTL. We got, a, we got a movie. It's some powerful stuff, man. That's why uh, I wanted this to come out. It's important. This is, oh, I'm telling you, we're literally watching a movie. Yep, and I and I tell you, man, it's. Uh, <laughs> I've known Jeremiah a long time, but it's funny how many years have gone past. But I can't wait to get to the part where, uh, you know, we get to where you know here he is. He finds the Lord in his brokenness. <laughs> He finally gets that peace, but this is where the transition began, really, to where he's like, oh, I have this peace. And then, you know, here I send him a, a message from <laughs> from that Facebook stuff. But uh, it's good stuff, man. It's amazing how you think about how long he was in and before I even saw him, you know, before I even as I'm pumping iron, you know, down there working out. And then... Uh, I'm just going on Facebook for a second, and I see somebody had posted for him. And there was his prison number. Hello. This is a prepaid debit call from... Jeremiah. An inmate at the Richland Correctional Institution. To accept this call, press zero. To refuse... This call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring and recording. Thank you for using GTL. Okay, I'm back. All right. Uh, so. You're, you're in your I cell started, and you're in I that. I started begging. Yeah. I'm begging Jesus to come in my life and to fix me. Please clean me up. Take over whatever this pain is that's inside of me that's been there since I was a child. And I tell you, Jonathan, he came in my life right now, man. Now. Right now, all that pain, all the suffering that I was feeling, all, all that time and all them years, dude, it was gone now. And I just remember it was like it just came through my veins. He came through my veins. Right. Jesus Christ came through my veins, through my heart, through my mind, and he just cleaned me now. There was no, in a couple seconds, there was no a minute later... It was as soon as I just gave myself to him, totally on my knees, please help me. I cannot do this on my own. And see, that's that's where I can tell you that even in, in throughout my life at different points, it's like until you get to that point. And listen, you know, for folks that are listening, I mean, you can wait until you're locked up in jail or you can do it long before then because the opportunity – to get on our knees and give ourselves to Christ and to, to say, listen, it's beyond my control. I need you. Um, that can happen at any point. But just as for you, it, it wasn't, you didn't even reach that point until you're in that final house. And in a moment of brokenness, you're on your knees for a moment saying, you know, fix me. And, uh, yeah. and then you then you hear the sirens. You're like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, man. <laughs> not, not this kind of fix. Like, no, really? wait, wait. Right now you're on the sprint and, and Lord's really saying. God, right now you have to do this? Really? Yeah, he's going, why are, why are you running away, Jeremiah? Um, this call he, is originating from an Ohio correctional facility 
and may be recorded and monitored. He's like, why are you running away, Jeremiah? You, you asked me to fix you, and I've sent the, sent the boys to come fix you. And then so here, you know, you get locked up. You're, you're in your point now. The Bible talks about when, you know, it's in your brokenness um, that you, you know, if you haven't already, that you generally will find the Lord when you seek him. Because now, like you said, you realize things are beyond your control, that you, you truly need the Lord. And then when you seek, your heart is ready. That hardened heart yeah. that you had growing up uh, was shattered in that moment I in that mean, cell. That's literally what happened. And so now yeah. you were yeah. ready for the Holy Spirit, and you were also Man. in a place of stillness, weren't you? Yeah, you know, all the years I have never felt the need for Christ. You know, my heart has never felt that. i never known love like that. You know what I mean? Right. And... Uh, I now I know the difference of completely, fully giving myself to Him, completely, and this is this is not just a, a pray and look up, see if anything's happening. Right. And, uh, yeah, this is not just, just uh, prison religion here. Right. It's real. No, no, this is not that. This is real. This is this is completely just letting go and feeling the yuckiness, the crap that has filled you up with crap. You know, just completely drain out of you. He drained me, man. Yep. He completely drained me of that all that crap that I was holding for so long or thinking that I had control over or, you know, that I was the reason why. Right. He drained all that crap out of me. Right. You had and to die to yourself, blood. and that's literally in that yeah. moment, that's what you were doing. And like, you know, there's there's nothing left of the yeah. old me that I, I want or that is useful. It's time you know, for that cleansing. And when you vacated yourself, right, inside in your heart, and you said, all right, I'm not capable anymore, and I want you to, you literally got rid of the old you in those moments and accepted Christ. The Holy Spirit then enters your body, and that's the peace and the joy that you feel. Amen. And so now you've got this, and you're feeling this transition. So so now what are you thinking? Now now you've given your life to Christ, you're saved, and, and how are you feeling, and what are you thinking next? Man, you know, uh, all these all these years, uh, I actually sat here in prison for many, many years. You know, I nobody, you know, my grandmother was always in my life. You know, I always talked to her every now and again. But mostly, I was alone here in prison. You know, right. Especially after my mother had passed away, uh, I was mostly alone here in prison and uh, really didn't have many people. You know, I didn't get visits. You know, and uh, you know, and I and I know God. He does things on His time in His in His in His way because He knows how special His way is. Right. I don't. I just gotta. I gotta continue to trust in Him that He's got this and. Uh, you know, and I sat here for so many years, and I remember, you know, you feel alone, even though you are with Christ. You 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 get hungry for your brothers and sisters, you know, in Christ, and and uh, it's pretty rough here. You know, the the mentality here is rough. You know, and all the love that He has taught me and shown me, I have been able to give other people here, but. Uh, like I said, you know, the faces aren't so happy. Right. And, you know, in all these years I've been praying, you know, like, Lord, you know, I need support. I, 
I need people in my life that love me and that I can trust. And I and and that's why I got on on a, a social media thing, and you came and found me. Right. You know, that's why I did that. Uh, you came and found me, bro, and uh, we started talking again. And it was over a year ago, and I can't believe how fast this has gone by. This past year. Right. But, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, uh, the way I found you, yeah. you, you had someone post on, you know, Facebook with your prison number and, yeah. and, and, and I, you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm on Facebook now more than, than I am previously, uh, just for ministry purposes mostly. But, um, I happened yeah. to go on and I don't even have the Facebook app on my phone, but I was working out, I was lifting weights, pumping iron. It's like 1030 at night. And, um, and, uh, you know, I, in between my sets, I sat down and I was flipping through, uh, some Facebook posts there and I happened to see, you know, picture of you. And then, uh, there's a prison number and say, Hey, you know, if you want to reach out, la, da, da, and I'm thinking like, this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. And I saw that right away and, and it, you know, taught you about the app called JPay where, you know, you can communicate and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I'm like, wow, um, you know, I'm going to reach out to Jeremiah. looks like, you know, he got himself in a little bit of trouble, uh-huh. this and that, you know. And uh, yeah. my my first thing when I wrote you was, right, If while you're inside, if you don't find Jesus, you know, there's no hope when you come out. Yeah. You know, I, I told okay. you straight out that was the first thing, and, and that started the conversation. And right away you're like – You didn't even know. <laughs> no, didn't I didn't even know. I didn't even know, and you were just like right away. You fired back with, oh, buddy, trust yeah, me. I, yeah. You know, I believe in Jesus, and he has set me free, <laughs> and he has, he has literally, you know, changed my life. Yeah. I understand it now. And and I and and then that of course started our our conversations because I was looking to make sure it was real. It wasn't just prison, you know, prison religion for the time being. Um, that yeah, it was yeah. true, and, and obviously very quickly we realized, yep, this is a real thing. And um, it was a blessing to hear because at least even in captivity you are now free. You know, and that there's a difference because you could be free and be captive. The devil had you captive out here by your own addictions and problems, yeah, yeah. and here you are in prison no. now, and you're set free. I tell everybody that I talk to on the phone and even in here, I, I tell people out there all the time, I'm more free in here than you are out there. Yep. I am 100% way more free than you. Yep. And, you know, it's because I have Christ and this isn't so hard anymore. Uh, I can, I can, I can tolerate this now. And not only that, I, I get to, I'm learning so much. I'm learning so much about myself uh, some of my old ways that will pop up in me, just some of the old thinkings, and I have time. I'm sitting here, you know. I have to be quiet, you know. Be still. So I get to listen to him. I get to listen to him, and a lot easier than out there. And I need this, right? You know? and he knows that I need this right now. Uh, well, maybe not right now. I'm ready to come home. But. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's that's but, it. When I come to visit, you know, we we've done some Bible studies, and uh, and obviously yeah. I need to get out there some more as well. And um, right now, obviously with the coronavirus, they've they shut that down for the time being, unfortunately. But yes. you know, as we sat in Bible study, I mean, you're you know you're ready. It's like you know, learn, teach me more. You say it all the time, teach yeah. me more. I want to know what you know. And you know, so when we talk on the yeah. phone, I mean, it's 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 great. And you know the difference too because on the inside you know i mean they have little church services and different things but you know you've said that you know much of what's on the inside is so twisted and fornicated that it's it's better most of the time for you to just not go to that and just read the word on your own and uh, yeah yeah yeah. and that's uh which is 
sad and good. Right. Because you want to fellowship with your brothers, not sisters, because there's no sisters. So. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Just brothers. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> uh. <laughs> That's when I had to close my ears. Right. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, goodness. But, yeah, uh, I can only imagine. And, uh, yeah, so I love talking to you. I mean, you have brought in a lot of happiness in my life, bro, just so you know. I love you. No, I like love you crazy. too, brother. You, you and your family. Um, I love all of you. And you guys are so special to me. Uh, and, you know, he works in great ways. And yeah. He, he, he said, hey, here's Jeremiah. You focused. You paid attention. You came and talked to me. You know, he's been he's been delivering me all kinds of presents, you know, all kinds of presents, you know, because I, I love him so good. I'm not, listen, I, I'm not the greatest at scripture. Right. I, I can't, my, I don't know, I have brain farts all the time. I can't remember right. uh, so well the scriptures and the verses and things like that. But what I can do is allow him to work in my heart and allow, and that way I can talk to you and other people about how I feel right. about what he has done for he me. Set you free. Yeah, and what he can, yeah, and he continues to do this every day. Yep. You know, I don't need anything. I don't want for nothing. Right. I don't need anything because I just completely rely on him that he is going to take care of me all the time. Yep. And he does. Yep. He's pretty full through all the time. Yep. You know, right when I think I'm going to run out of money, you know, it comes right at the perfect time. (laughs) Right. right. I can tell it. And you know that, bro. And you know that. So, you know, you know, I've been here alone for so many years and you come into my life. And just recently, you know, I met, hopefully I, I, to me, the girl of my dreams. Right. She's, she's a Christian. She loves Christ. Her name's Sylvie. I think the world of her. I love her so much. Uh, she does. I talk to her every day. Uh, I met her through a pen pal website, and she has been amazing. Absolutely. She, uh, she tells me that she's proud of me every day. She encourages me every day. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Most important of all is that she loves Christ. Yes. You know, and that, yep. that's what was so important for me, and that's why I'm so drawn to her. You know, it's because of that. And it's good to have so that. I'm, I'm just blessed. I'm blessed, bro. Right. I'm blessed. Right. No, I've watched those. The, 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 trust me, I mean, as, as just being a part of your life, uh, I've watched those blessings come to be. And, and honestly, and that's what people need to understand is when you give your life to Christ. I mean, there's, there's listen, you know, it doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect, right? It doesn't mean everything is no. hunky-dory. But I'll tell you what, the blessings will come. And, and no different than the, the birds in the air that fly freely and, and aren't concerned and food is there. Like, you know, when you have that mentality of like, the Lord's going to take care of me and, you know, I'm going to be, uh, you know, carrying on uh, the, the, you know, the, the testimony of Jesus Christ to others. And you focus on that. The Lord will take care of you. The Lord will keep you fed. The Lord will keep you taken care of. And, uh, Bro, you know, you, you know, the hard, the hard times ain't so hard anymore. Right. They're just not. They're not. And uh, he, he, you know, I, I don't make them any worse anymore because he just completely takes it out of my life at some point. It is, and you know, you know? It, the Lord ultimately brought you to a still place where you could be still, where you had the opportunity yeah. to truly recover. Because on the outside, it's very hard to recover from an addiction. Yes, um, and, and there's, you know, one of the 
one of the places that I know really are the best around this area is, well, now it's there's a new Genesis Center, and that's coupled with the Alpha House in Oberlin. And, um, you know, those yeah. that's a you know Christian-run organization that has a high success rate. And, and it's, but the hard part I, is for I, a lot of guys. I, on, I, go ahead. I used to play softball with them in Grafton Prison. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, go ahead. Th- those guys, uh, you know, um, are doing wonderful things, but like a lot of, for a lot of people on the outside, when you're an addict and, you know, you know you got to go to work, but you got bills to pay, but yet you're going out and spend most of it on your drugs anyway, and yet when you see a program yeah. like that, you'd love to get help, but part of the program is you don't get to leave. You know, you got to come and you got to stay, and you might be there for a year. You might be there for two years to get well, nobody to get well that. properly, and nobody, right, nobody wants that. And unfortunately, you know, so if you don't take it willingly, right, then at some point it gets you locked up or dead, one or the other. And in your case, you know, uh, I, I truly believe at the last house you were in, when you dropped down to your knees, the Lord was, all right, oh, we're yeah. going to start the process right now, and, and you're about to be arrested. And then now you're going to be held down because it's going to take you two weeks of shaking, shivering, puking, vomiting to get oh, through yeah. this, where if you had been on the outside, you would have gave in just to get rid of that nauseous feeling. This call feeling. is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. You would have gave yeah, in. Yeah, I tried it before. I tried it before, and I failed. Right. I failed. I left. And, and, and so God finally <laughs> oh, said, okay, we're going to get you pent up, literally, and we're going to get you to a point of, you know, uh, detox. And, and, and then, yeah. you know, at some point, like you said, in your brokenness, you'll finally say, okay, I'm ready, ready. You know, let's... I just yeah. want to give my life and that and that's the turning point. And since then, like you said, there's been a lot of blessings in your life since then, uh, from just about every oh, angle. Man. And uh you prayed for, you know, godly people to be placed in your life and, and you got that, uh, for sure. And uh and, and then of course here, you know, with the podcast, we uh, we first started, um, you know, uh, we we had our minimal stuff. We were hooked hooked up to my pool table in my basement you know kind of had all kind of a mess hang out there well we built this new podcast table and part of our build was we were going to do this new zoom eight um board and funny enough it's got an integration for smartphone so that we can have calls like this we didn't even know that until like after we bought it (laughs) we yeah we didn't really didn't like comprehend that and and i remember you and i were talking on the phone and it clicked in my head and i went oh my goodness like Jeremiah, yeah, yeah. You, you could be on the podcast. Like literally, you could be a caller, and you're like, no way. Yeah. And that started it. And I remember thinking, like, what a blessing that is, because here, yeah. you, here you are on the inside, being able to get your testimony to the outside, and people need to hear. There's going to be people that are going to listen to this podcast, and it's going to impact their life no matter what. That's absolutely true. You no, know, I really, I really hope so. I hope so. It will. Because, it's impacted no, me, and I've, I'm already. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey Jeremiah, this is the Jonathan's dad. Uh, all the all the people, all the people listening to this, you know, I hope that this could do something for you. You know, I, no matter what or how bad things are in your life, that Christ will take you away from that if you really, really want it and need it. Yeah. I mean, He will. There's, there's. Listen, I was the worst of the worst. People could not stop me. Your home was not fortified enough to stop me from coming in. I was shutting it down. I was getting there. It was mine. And it, no matter what, and he pulled me out of that because yep. I asked him to. Yep. That's what it took. You know, I asked him to. 
and he did. He came and saved me, and that could happen to you. And no matter how bad things are, you know, no matter where you're at in your life, uh, he will. He can change it, and yep. he will change it. He will change. You it. gotta want it. Uh, that's you gotta want it, and that's who he is. Uh, he saves lives. He doesn't take lives. Uh, so just give yourself to him and try it. At least try it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Find a plate. Reach out. Reach out to us. You know, yep. write us. Whatever. Whatever <laughs> it takes. For hey, you Jeremiah. This is Jonathan's <laughs> dad. Oh, hey, what's going on, bud? How you doing, bud? Man, how you been? <laughs> it's good to hear from you, I swear. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what, man. It's so easy for God to make grown men cry. It ain't funny. You just had this room bawling her eyes out. Yeah, I was just about to say, this This has been a and very tearful and, side and, of the room. And, and, and that was more than once, believe me. I mean, yep. before you even got to the part about your mom passing away, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, your testimony, man, is stellar, you know, and... I mean, it, and I know awesome. where you're coming from, except for being you a heroin have addict. One minute remaining. Except for being a heroin addict, I can go head to head with you on lifestyle there, you know. And yours is, uh, you know, one that most people should just not ever have to even know about, you know, as much less live it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was yeah. just gonna say, uh, I I didn't fall into the heroin problem, but you know, I mean, I was definitely subjected to plenty of drugs back in the day and everything, and uh, you know, there was other other drugs out there that were pretty rough too, like, uh, crank and crack and all that stuff. Um, but yeah. uh, you know, I kind of you know went through quite a bit myself, and uh, even found the Lord when I was in prison. And uh, that was only because I had time to read a Bible at that point, you yep. know. And that was one yeah. of the greatest things that happened to me in there. And um, and I'm just so proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You know, that. You you know that, that means a lot to me. It means a lot to me because I have looked up to you my whole life, even through all the years. I, I, I thought Jonathan said that you were there, but I wasn't for sure, but... Uh, yeah, Pappy's my gra- my grandpa name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pappy. Uh, but you know, I have looked up to you as a father figure. I watched your family maneuver, and you know, you, you didn't even know these things. You know, you, you, like I, I have, I remember, I have so many memories. You yeah, know, you I, were really you, stern. You, hey, you were really stern, <laughs> and it, we needed that. Yep, we really needed that, man. Yep, and that really built some character in me too. Well, yeah, my uh, friend, bring with me today. Yep, my friends knew that uh, there was no nonsense at the Wise House. You know, <laughs> well, this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Screwing around, <laughs> right? <laughs> but. Uh, no, I'm serious, man, and it's really good to hear that from you, man, because I've always looked up at, look up to you as like a father figure in my life because I didn't have one, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, I, remember, I remember you fed me, Mr. Wise, many a times. Uh, I would just show up unannounced, and uh, you, would, you would invite me in. You didn't say, hey, get out of here, you know. You'd say, come on in, you know, Johnson's uh, in his room, or, you know, he's out back cleaning out crap out of the stalls or, <laughs> you know, something. Right. But, Go help him. Uh, I remember all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I learned how to shovel crap because of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, hey, but, I, no, seriously. I'm glad to hear that other Go people ahead. are being reached by you there. I heard you mention that, and that's a great thing, you know. you got to reach out to them yeah. other guys in there and anybody you come in contact to with, with uh, you know, Giving them what knowledge God's given you, and uh, keep studying, and you know, look into that Bible 
constantly for your answers, you know, and I'm sure you get them. Yeah. Uh, it's getting kind of cold in here. I'm starting to shake. So if it sounds like I'm going to cry again, <laughs> don't, don't, it's, oh, no, it's don't really do just, it, it's no. really just chilly in here, but, uh, um, yeah, I, but know, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, you know, God performs miracles and I'm, I'm hearing one right now. He does, uh, he does, man. And we have, you know what, we have a lot of similarity, uh, growth where we started and hopefully where we end. Cause I, uh, my, the rest of my life, I want to be on a happy note with you fine people. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's going to be. So I just, I just tell you guys, I love you so much, Mr. Wise. I love all you guys in there and Jonathan. You guys mean a lot to me. You're, you're a big part of my world now, and uh, I hope it continues. It is. Well, heck, I got a feeling you're going to be a part of ours here somehow along the lines. Uh, <laughs> yep. you're, you're just uh, too valuable an asset right. here to you know yep. leave laying around. If I was you, I su- strongly suggest uh, writing a book, and you could just uh, get the transcript oh. from this testimony today and, <laughs> and make a book out of that. We were, we were saying when, when you had to hang up, we're like, we're listening to a movie right now. Yeah. Yeah, because this it is, is, is just so good. Yeah, every time the prison butts in, it's like a commercial leaving you hanging. Yeah, it's like, yeah I know. It's like, wait a minute, we pause for a moment. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, what's wait no, a minute? No, not the commercial. Right, <laughs> and that's that's uh, it is. This is an amazing time. Like I said, this testimony, and I'm and I'm glad people are going to get to hear it because at the end of the day, Jay, I know you know people can have their their thoughts about you. People who saw you going through this and may yeah. think about you one way or another, and they. You need to understand, number one, yeah. you know, Christ will, like you said, will wash it clean and set you free. Um, but, you know, they can hear about all the things that they didn't know. You know, they can understand yeah. what you were yeah. going through and been through. Yeah. Um, and ultimately it's what... Easy to, it's easy to hate, man. It is easy to hate. hate. It is easy. And this is why, you know, uh, Christ, uh, you know, has, has taught us, you know, not to judge. We are not to judge uh, others. We're supposed to love on others. And uh, this is, uh, you know, one of those cases where, thank the Lord that the last time you put stuff in your veins, you didn't just drop dead on the floor and not have the opportunity um, that you actually are able to come on the other side of this and now be productive for the Lord because that's that's the beauty of it. You could take what the devil was trying to put you in the dirt, brother. That's all he was trying to do. And and literally because you came to Christ— you're beginning to j- this break. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility <laughs> and may be recorded and monitored. You're going to break that generational curse, you know, and that's really what this is about yeah. is like you're you're pulling out of that. And, you know, early on it wasn't easy. You know, you had, uh, you know, again, had to go through oh, the shakes man. in prison and, you you know, not, 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 yeah. not to mention day one, right? And then now, uh, yeah. you know, you've got that peace and that love and that joy in your heart. And, uh, yeah, it, I do. And you're ready to serve. And, uh, and, you know, even even till this day, you know, like, listen, I don't even think about drugs. I don't have that thought about them. I don't. It's not even a part of my life. It just isn't anymore. And, uh, and you know, even though, you know, even though I'm with Christ every day, you, I still mess up, guys. I still mess oh, up. Oh, we all do. Still, <laughs> That's I, why we I need to I still make be. bad choices. Yeah, yeah. I still make bad choices, but they're so much easier to let go now. It's, they're, not, they're not like something that's going to define me anymore. You know, right. I, I love Christ. He loves me, and that's what matters, and he will clean it up. He, well, will, that, and, he will help and, me. And people need to understand, you know, when you become a Christian, you're not sinless. You're you're just trying to sin less. You're focused on serving the Lord. You're focused on walking away from 
uh, sins in this world and being more righteous every day uh, doesn't mean you're ever going to be perfect, but it is literally yeah. at that point, you're a better day, better person you know, today than you were yesterday, and you'll be a better person tomorrow than you were today. And that's what you're literally doing, you know, as a Christ follower. And the more you dig into the word, the more you have Jesus in their heart, the easier it is to identify those things that you know you should or shouldn't be doing. And and honestly, as you go longer and longer, it's funny as a Christian, it's it starts to get even down to smaller and smaller things because you weed out the big things over time and yeah, then next yeah. thing you know you're actually like, like oh man i got angry quick just now i need to not be quick yeah. to anger i need to be slow to wrath because god does not like it when i have a wicked tongue and i'm quick to wrath like and and i have to work yeah, on that yeah. on the highway because yeah. you know i get road rage quick and i want to end end people it's <laughs> yeah. like if I, if I had a bazooka I'd use it way. 10 times pretty much get pretty much yeah. yeah i have a real hard time with that really loving everybody thing you know to where you're not going to ever yeah. You know, be driving down the road and say, get out of my way, you. Right. Or whatever, you know, comes along, <laughs> yeah. you know, in life, you know, different yeah. things will that's, set you off, you know. And, and I that's, tell you what, I tell you now, listen, guys, I mean, I, I'm a fighter, right? I've been fighting since I was a child, fighting, dude. Hardcore fights, scary fights, things that, like, don't know if that guy's going to make it kind of fight, you know. Oh, right. And uh, I, the hatred that, build, that that you have to have to be able to do that to people it's so ugly and deep right. and rooted, right? And so all these years, you know, walking with Christ, I have, he's been helping me get out of that. So, like, when somebody looks at me and... This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. He looks at me and says something like, you're in my way, or cuts in front of me in, in front of the commissary line, or when I'm going to the child hall, or, you know, somebody thinks that I'm some chump that my ego would have jumped all over back in the day. Believe that. Right. Now I'm like, no, you're all right, man. Go ahead. I'm saying, you're okay. You're okay. That's what I say. No, you're okay. Go ahead. You know? Right. I, I can do that now so much easier. Before, I would have just punched him. Right. Like, we right. Even, we wouldn't have argued. You know? D-Black. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now, now I'm like, I, I can breathe and I can think through those moments. The rage doesn't have to take over me anymore. Right. Because I'm able to let it go and love. I actually love that person more now. Right. You know, that's why I could do it. What are the grands up to now? The numbers. The what? The grand. What number? Oh, my gosh. Uh, seven, seven, five or four or something, man. There's something. 775,000. Yeah. Something. yeah. Okay. Yeah, seven hundred and seventy-five thousand. Yeah. Yes, it's just keep throwing people in prison. This will do it, even though it does work. But for the time they put people here, I don't know. Well, that gives a. But I, I I can't argue that. That's not my job. I I don't know. But uh, yeah, seven seven five. Well, there's a there's there. a there's a big field to work in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, you know, uh, Mr. Wise, I'm actually in the yard of the old Mansfield prison. Oh, the walls there, huh? And, uh, inside the walls yes, there. Yes. I'm inside wow. So, yeah, I'm walking around where people were probably murdered, stabbed, oh. and raped. And <laughs> right. You know, you know what I mean? So, it, it's pretty crazy because I look at the castle every day. Yeah. I look I, at the castle It's an amazing day. structure, isn't it? Well, you know, you was talking about that first day of the 15 years thing and uh, you know i happen to have been in that place you're walking around in there 
And uh, I yeah. remember day one, and uh, it was really um, something else. It was it was like a scene from hell because, you know, once you get in uh, on orientation range there, and um, that was the yeah. East Black, I believe, at the time. Um, yeah. You know, you, you're in your cell, and it's, you know, it gets dark, and you still have the light on in the cell, in the back of the cell. And what it would do is project everybody's image out on the to the wall in front of you across the oh, big hallway range. so if you got yeah. up to your cell and you looked out up and down the range you could see everybody's bars and the people if they were moving around a little bit kind of their shadows on the wall and the whole place stank yeah. like like kiplers and the can you know um creepy yeah and it was just like a big scene from hell you're like you're looking at all these prisoners in hell you know and it was just an, an awesome yeah. scene and uh, i'll never forget that one and uh you know yeah. it it, it, it kind of caused me to have a lot of dreams about prison even after i got out mm. uh, for a long yeah. time and it was like i couldn't fall asleep and dream that it wasn't uh, in some place that was a prison you know <laughs> and uh, uh yeah, yeah. it really gets an effect on your on you there, but, uh, Oh, I know it, you know, and I think about like when I do come home, you know, I have to shake this off of me, no matter, no matter I walk through it with Christ, you know, I still, I'm still going to have to shake this off of me when I come home. So mm -hmm. there's a lot more healing to go on after this. Right. It's not over for me. You know, there's, I'm just, you know, I'm just in a part of it. So when I come home, I need to, I got other things I want to put to test and, you know, and, exercise myself and the way I'm thinking and the way I'm feeling and <clears throat> allowing Christ to continue to work in my life with all the busyness that's going on around us. Right. You know, uh, not, a, not allowing people to uh, persuade who I am as a person right. is one of the biggest things. I remember trying to keep up with the Smiths. You know, you remember I got married because I was trying to do the right thing. And I, that that has to get out of dodge. I I can't allow that to to predict how I'm going to be right. anymore. I need to allow Christ to predict what I'm going to be, right. who I'm affect, and things like that. So, uh, so when I come home, there's still a lot more work to do. <laughs> right. I, to the day I die. So. Hey, all you, you got to do is keep telling people just the, the story you told us today. You get out there and witness to people, go to some churches and witness to them, yeah. and, and wherever God takes you, yeah. and tell your story, man, you will have treasure you. in heaven yep. to no end, Thank you know? You. Yep. This, you. It's I, this. I can tell you this, I, I was nervous <laughs> to oh. tell my first story for the first time. Man, it was perfect. For the first freaking time, right? And yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I wrote a whole bunch of notes here, didn't even look at them once. I know. I, I told you that. I told you. I said, "Well, we'll get going. I'll, I'll poke at you, ask certain questions, and uh, and you know, because it's your it's your story, it's your testimony, yeah. and it's going to flow anyway." You don't and, need notes. We got the yeah. Holy Spirit, <laughs> yeah. and that, that's what's cool yeah, too. You let right. the Holy Spirit move and 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 work, and um, it's a beautiful thing. And for sure, there's the there's the difference too. You know, you can take, you know, uh, the the time that you had in it changed you it saved your soul at the end of the day um it saved even your fleshly body from from dying from an overdose and um all these things and this now this call is originating from an ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored and you've been given the opportunity to use it all 
um, really yeah. for the glory of God. And that's the beauty of it because you it, you could have so just nice. as easily wasted it, right? You could be inside still yeah. a bitter man saying, you know, screw this. It when meant, I get out, right. You could be like, I, I got I this when I get you. out, you know, and, and you didn't, yeah. you made a difference with it. And I know, you know, my, my dad did the same thing. I mean, he used the, the platform that he had ultimately used it um, to seek God. And then, you know, coming out, I mean, it's generational that lasts because, you know, if, 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 you know, if you really want to look at it, like you credit that, that prison time and that salvation when my dad came out led to all of his children, you know, following Christ and ultimately leads to, yeah. you know, this ministry, which leads to, you know, having you on here and all this stuff, it leads to salvation for James here. You know what I mean? Like there's so much, Beautiful. if you were to follow the, 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 the spider web <laughs> all the way around, you know, it's amazing how one man in his decision to follow Christ can lead to the salvation of so many. And even when you don't think it, like you said, you know, hey, hey, you know, John, you know, I remember watching you guys and you guys influence in those times. It's not like anyone realizes they're being watched or that you have that influence in here. Yeah. It played a role in your life down the line. So there's no doubt that we are being watched, you know, by people that yeah. we didn't even think we impact. So when your behavior at once you're a Christian, they're watching you, you know, are you truly yeah. living Christ? Like, <laughs> do you have the love of Christ? And they can sense it. They can feel it. And, um, you know, there was, you remember, um, uh, Ricky, uh, that lived like a couple yeah. doors down from me, Ricky. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I yeah. talked to him a little bit as well. And, you know, I mean, he, he had a very rough upbringing and a biker home and, it's kind of a weird situation back then because, you know, here Ricky was Ricky Williams, is that uh, uh, Ricky, uh, Michaels, Michaels and, um, and, uh, Talk about know, right next to the uh, church. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, yeah. He, he's doing, I remember he's doing all right now. And he, I mean, he, he got locked up and stuff a couple of times and, uh, you know, he's got a, 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 a young child right now. And, um, you know, he, he's doing well. And, uh, but he did, he had a very, you know, uh, rough upbringing. And if it wasn't for his grandma, um, he would have had no stability and, um, ultimately his parents died. She died. Um, you know, he went to prison. Um, but he, he told me, he's like, you know, I, I have a lot of memories of you and your family. And, uh, he goes, too bad you didn't kick my butt a little, little harder, a little sooner. So I wouldn't end up here. I'm like, I remember kicking your butt all the way from my house to your house, rolling you through the ditch because you ate all my mom's uh, Easter chocolate suckers. She had them cooling, cooling down in the mudroom, and and he got a hold of the bowl and ate the whole bowl. But um, oh, no. but uh, you know, we laughed about it, and I told him, I said, don't worry about your past, brother, because that's not what I'm focused on. It's what you do today and tomorrow. Um, sure. So we do. We all have impact on people. We just don't really realize what that will be. So that's why it's important to road, yeah. to, to live Christ-like. Absolutely, brother. Yeah, that's why you're going to be surprised sure. one day when Jesus says to you, you fed me and you clothed me. And you're going to say, well, when yeah. did I do that? Yep, yep. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he's yeah. going to point it right out. Absolutely. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Yeah, yes. it is, brother. Absolutely, man. This is, uh, again, amazing testimony. I'm glad to have you on, glad to have this platform, and, you know, we'll get this uh, all put together and get it out there, and, uh, you know, we're going to title it, you know, The Testimony of Jeremiah Covey. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremiah Covey. <laughs> there it is, brother, and and so there at least is. at least you, your, your story from start to finish is going to get out there, and it's going to impact lives, and that's one thing we're going to, we're going to pray right now with you as we come to a close. Uh, what, yeah. ta- what time does count start for you? What time? Uh, 
I'm a, I got I got another I got a few more half minutes. an hour. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um so let's do this. Now did uh is there anything else you'd like to do? Um uh in uh, talk if, on hey if you guys if any one of you guys have any questions as he was listening or whatever, you might have it something you want to ask me. It, 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 no question is too hard, man. I have nothing to hide. Um, I'm a total open book, man. So if you guys have any questions, that's fine. And what you have you, one minute remaining. Uh, you ran out. Well, let, uh, I was going to say, do you do you want to wrap up or do you want to call right back in? You tell me because today this morning's your morning, so uh, it's up to you. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you, if you guys have some questions, I can call back and. You well, if you ain't got somebody else to call, call us right back. Yeah, call us right back. Okay, I'm call, I'm calling right now. All right, All right okay. goodbye. Thank you for using GTL. Okay. All right, brother. So, well, one thing I wanted to point out, which is I think is is really beautiful, is that throughout your life, it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seems that you know you were searching for something, you were trying to create that something. This this there was a void within your heart, void. this in your soul yeah. that you were always trying to fill. And would you say that that void wasn't filled until that that night? in the prison yeah hey you know yeah it, there's always it was always that emptiness you know i'm sure anyone that has ever like gone through something like this or had lived that kind of life and there was always that emptiness and you're and you're trying to find a way to be that person that you're supposed to be and you just you, you never make it you always you're always falling short and it's like you're just constantly just feeling empty i always felt empty about it you know and like I, it's just I could never get there, could never get there. And this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility, and may be recorded and monitored. That night, you know, I got married, and, you know, had children, you know, <laughs> cars. I mean, I was always trying to fill it, and it just what couldn't happen. Uh, but that night, you know, that night in that jail, that prison cell, you know, where it was the coldest, the darkest, the loneliest place ever is when it was finally filled. It, it, I was finally, I felt totally complete. Hmm. Like, that I was validated, that I was assured, that I was... I, that was saved, brother. had my back. <laughs> I was saved, man. Yeah. Really, had my back. I was, I was ready. I was ready, man. I was ready. And I was okay. I was going to finally be okay. You had you had flip flops and uh, and and some uh, prison gear, and you were completely satisfied. All of a sudden, you're like, "Wait a minute!" Uh, when I had all these other things, you know, here I am, and now now I'm satisfied. Like, wait a minute! And it's proof, not, you know, the worldly right things there. will not will not fill the void. The people that search their whole life, enough is never enough. That is the human nature. Enough is never enough, and it's like until. You have Christ, and then you realize all the rest of the stuff just doesn't matter anymore. And that was part of the realization, as you know, we've we've talked, you know, over the last year is is just, man, Christ is the purpose. Like to to share with others, to save souls, while we have a short time, because we can build, you know, a nice house down here, but it's going to get old and it's going to be dilapidated. But but yet, as we witness to others, we build treasures in heaven our rewards in heaven yeah. this is a house that lasts for eternity you know so we've changed our focus yeah. and it's fulfilling to do that 
you know, even to get your testimony out right now, you're going to feel like on cloud nine, like all week long, you know, for months. Actually, it lasts a lifetime because <laughs> you're going to realize yeah. that my story is out there and it's going to change somebody. It's, it, it may yeah. save someone's soul. It, it most definitely will. And I was and I was going to say to the yeah. point where, you know, he's coming from a very different place from where I came from. But the same exact results happen, you know. Yeah, he was broken. I was broken. He is empty. I was empty. And you know what? With Christ, the broken become whole. The empty become full. The weak become strong. There is nothing you cannot do. Yeah. If you put your mind into it and you have Christ full, and you you actually give your heart to Him. That's that's the whole thing. It's genuine. You know, I I ended up uh, I had a I had a money spending problem. (laughs) Right. I would just blow money, you know, because, and, and that was it, because I was trying to fill the emptiness, you know, and blowing the money, trying to buy things and acquire stuff was going to, I, you know, you always, I, not you, but me, I was thinking was going to make me happy, you know, if I had that cool four-wheeler or <laughs> that awesome bow for hunting or, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, the best, the best snowboard or the best gear for hunting, I don't know. All of it, it just never ended up being enough. It isn't. Never was enough. I was always just empty still. And you're right. Until that day in in that cell, my life became completely fulfilled. Yep. Completely. Completely. So... I know it's kind of one of those things, hindsight, right? You kind of wish, like, you had realized it before it had to get to that point. You realize, like, even even for me, you know, as far as, like, even preaching and, and being in ministry, like, I look back, I'm like, man, I wish I had just done this so many years sooner. And I, mean, I think... And I think everybody can look at that right from the hindsight's 2020, yeah. but you know, I, I definitely, you know, if I could go back, I would serve the Lord at a much sooner date. Um, there's a lot of things I would do differently. Oh, and most of it, the difference is, is that it was just my time serving God, I would have done differently. And honestly, I would have been less of a prick too. You know, I was like, you said, you know, when you have your own business and you're working seven days a week from dark to dark, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and get out of my you, way, yeah, get, get out, out of my, my way, way, get out of my way. And at the same time, you know, causes a lot of stress and it, you know, it makes you that person that's just stressed out where had my focus been on Christ, I wouldn't have been working so much. I'd have been home more, but yeah. I would have served him and that I would have had more satisfaction, uh, really within yeah. my own self and felt more whole. Uh, which, you know, strangely enough, I have less now and I'm happier with it. Uh, and just like, you know, you, you find happiness, you have less now and, and you're happier with it too. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it's, we always have to put ourselves in check that way, you know? Yeah. I can't tell Your you which verse is it is. From an Ohio correctional facility <laughs> and may be recorded and monitored. A lot of people are really baffled about me telling them that I'm more happier than they are while I'm here right. and they're home and they're free. And they have they have access to all the stuff that they want to have access to, but I am still more happier than them, being yeah. held back and grounded and told what to do, when to do, it, and how to do it. Uh, people don't really realize, you know. It, it, listen, I get it. It's hard to hear somebody say that you will be happy if you just believe in the Lord. What? Right. Freaking crazy. What are you talking about? And it's real. It is so, it's that freaking easy. But we make it hard. Yep. We make it hard like, no, because it's got to be more difficult than that to be happy. Right. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's, there's much more to do. Yeah, you need to be. If in- you want to be happy, 
college debt yeah, and a degree and, and a yeah. career and, and this is all happiness. No, it's not. It's slavery. Oh, you know what I mean? Like serving man. the Lord, that's where happiness will come, you know. It yeah. says in the Bible there uh this easy. It's this easy. Go ahead. Yeah, go it ahead. says uh, you know, he who has much needs much and uh, you know, that's referring to people that's got a lot of stuff. They need the stuff, yeah, a lot of rich. stuff to kind of maintain it, you know, and everything. And so the them. more yeah. you have, the more you need. Um, yeah. The more money you need to support that kind of lifestyle, all that stuff, you know. And, and Jesus was always trying to tell everybody, you know, hey, you don't need all that stuff, you know. And there's good reason because it's just going to clutter your life up in yeah. the first place. You know, be happy with what I provide for you, yeah. you know. So, um, you know. That's it's a, crazy. Our sinful, our sinful nature just tells us that is like completely backwards. Yep. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't it does it don't feel right. It's the devil. Like, it, it, yeah. it is that temptation. Think about it like this, Jay. So in the beginning, you know, with, with the free will we all have. And and you know, you can testify, you had free will. Your choices were your choices, you know. Um yeah. and, and in the beginning, angels had free will and so did Adam and Eve. And for both of them, enough was not enough. You know, for Lucifer, being the greatest of all the angels wasn't enough. Uh, He wanted more. And Adam and Eve, having everything perfect, walking with God, needing nothing, everything, it wasn't enough. When when there was the one thing over here that they weren't allowed to, they just, you know, under deception, right, through Satan. But nonetheless, that's what he does today is he makes you think that if you just get that one more, go one more step, that you'll yeah, be yeah, you'll yeah. be satisfied. This is it. This is it. And as yeah, soon as you good. get there, it, it's no longer satisfactory. And you know, for years I did a lot of a lot of weightlifting, a lot of bodybuilding, and you're never happy. You could say when I reach this <laughs> this 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 size, this weight, a benches, you're not happy. You get there and you go, yep. <clears throat> All right, next level. And that that's literally what it is. Oh, and at man. some point you realize you're you're chasing you're chasing demons, man. It ain't worth yeah, it's it. Like a chain reaction, man. You're just tumbling down the hill, man. It, it is. And the minute yeah, you realize, like, I'm okay. Cold. I remember one day, Jay, so I'm reading in the Bible and it talked about, you know, a man who uh, basically does, you know, physical fitness is a fool because the body is failing, you know, that you put that energy into uh, reaching others and, and because that's something that lasts for eternity. And I remember I had a little hard time when I read that verse. I was like, what? I'm like, man, I'm not a fool, you know, but I was, I'll tell you what, I was trying to do ministry yeah. and still, still spend four nights a week at two hours in the gym each night bodybuilding and realize like I can't serve God and mammon. I cannot serve myself and the Lord. I have to die to myself. And, you know, it, it took, you know, I went through some things, you know, with business and things like that. And the Lord will use, he'll get your attention, right? If you don't give it to him easily. Then he will take it, especially when he wants to put you to work, right? Let, me know, will, let he, me know when you're done, man. Yeah. Let me know when you're done. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you good, and you know, yeah. um, and now you know I'm obviously more uh, more awake to the Lord's guidance and really paying attention uh, to what He wants, and ultimately just focus on serving Him. So, um, you know, I look forward to being able to uh, help you serve the Lord, you know, just with your testimony. That's cool. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a, there's a term out here, right. In the world, MLMs, they're multi-level, uh, uh, whatever marketing, co- marketing, multi-level marketing, right. Which is a dirty, I hate that, that term. And I don't care for any of those businesses, but, um, I like the term MLM is a multi-level ministry. Now that's the kind of pyramid yeah. I want to be a part of, you know, that's where, you know, here, you know, when I share the gospel and this person gets saved and they share the gospel and someone else gets saved, like, that's a beautiful thing to be a part of because that's oh, at the end of the day where our rewards come from. Yeah, I, 
we're all brothers, yep. sisters in Christ, and we all should be together. Yep. And toward toward that is what we should be doing. Yep. Uh, serving Him, giving Him the glory of everything that we do, because He gives it back. Yep. He gives it back. You know, and and He gives it more in abundance than what we need. Always. I Always. Mean, this call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Kind he really is. That's how much he really does love us. And uh, I know it. I see it. Now my eyes are open. You know, I see all of his little miracles that he does for me. And before I would be like, oh, that was just coincidence. Right. Just a coincidence. <laughs> you know, stupid. What are you doing? So and now I can see all those beautiful small miracles that lead up to my whole life right it, it leads up to my freedom and you know I, I see it all now and it's just a blessing that my eyes are open and i love them like crazy i love you guys like crazy oh we love you too brother my, you're, you're my people yeah, absolutely and uh and uh for eternity hopefully isn't it cool how how oh oh <laughs> for eternity we're, we're we're getting there brother we're getting there together for sure i know isn't it yeah. cool when you can sit back right now in retrospect, I mean, like if we want to go back to the <laughs> beginnings, beginnings, if you will, it's like y- you look at my my dad's life before before Christ, before yeah. me, before my mom, and then you yeah. know where all that led to, and ultimately uh. to prison, but then to salvation, but then to saying, hey, you know, I got to raise my family in the Lord. And then that leading, you know, here is I am coming down later down the pipe and 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 then eventually I meet you. Right. And and we have an impact on you. And then here it is bringing full circle coming back around. It's like the Lord plants seeds. He plants seeds of people in your life. It's, it's huge. really huge. It's just like the Bible, how he has the Old Testament and New Testament, and, and everything leads up to everything into the New Testament today, and and everything in your father's life, yep. my grandmother's life, led up yes. to us today. It's a beautiful thing. Like it, you, it, 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 Yeah, and it keeps going. And you can't know as funny as is you and me. My dad, any of us in here, we we can't plan that far. <laughs> and that's just no. it. Like, here we are. We're interacting today, trying to control every minute. And meanwhile, this whole thing's going to lay out. And the Lord's like, well, you know, yep, you're going to meet this person today. And 30 years from now, you're going to need them. That's why I planted them in your life today. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is waking me up early this morning to Ohio come down. Correctional oh, facility you got perfect and may be recorded and monitored. Like your dad it, said, you know, you know uh, I did. <laughs> I did do that. What were you going right. to say? Yeah. Yeah, little did I know that the Lord was going to wake me up this morning with no alarm because I wanted yeah. to come and talk to you on the, hear you talking on the phone and oh, bring awesome. me out here and make me bomb my eyes out yeah. and humble me oh, and show me what he was doing that I didn't even know about. Yep. That's beautiful. It is, man. It is. Uh, man. <laughs> and, and, Stop doing that. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it. I've been trying to fight this and you keep doing it. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, man. I love you, man. And that's, that's a beautiful thing, man. I hope he keeps doing that well, to you. Oh, oh listen, you know, this is, a, this is why men are supposed to get together and discuss testimony in the Lord because it is iron sharpening iron. It is fuel for the fire, but it's also to help us all realize like 
this world, like you mentioned, Jay, this world sucks out here, uh, you know, and there's so much stuff going on. And any one of us, we have to be careful because as, as we go on, our hearts can get hardened to the world and to people and things. And we have to remember in these days to, to continually fight to keep our hearts soft enough that we can still love, love our enemies, love our neighbors, that we can talk to each other in, in, a, in a positive way and lead people to Christ, but so we can also emulate what we are supposed to be. We're supposed to be like Jesus. We're supposed to be that smooth, calm, you know, just be yeah. able to just, just love, be that way, not, brother, you know, not, f- love. yes, not, not let the love world have us. us mm. Love A- shows us to be kind. And it does. Love shows us to get together like this and the tears and stuff like that. Yeah, we have no reason, love. like for ourselves, we, we don't really have a reason to be bitter. Like we're, we're, we're in the United uh-huh. States, first of all. We're very blessed in every way. You know, even when we don't think yeah. we are, we forget how blessed we are. Um, yeah. I mean, we've got toilet paper. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, mean, I do, too. I'm surprised wait, people aren't trying to wait, come to prison to get some. You have toilet paper? <laughs> I need some. You better hold on to it. Yeah, hold on to it. Uh, you, know, you, you know what's funny is is I, I've told, always told people, like, hey, you know, give blessings for the smallest things that you've never – or give thanks for the smallest things like toilet paper. And it's funny I say that, and people look at me like, you silly, silly, give thanks for toilet paper. And I, well, absolutely. I have a bazillion times this because. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I, yeah. I've given thanks for it because I realize that, you know, with it's it's a nice a necessity, if you were not a necessity, but. Hey, uh, 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 hey yeah. something to make it, something to, uh, I get, I got good deals on toilet paper because mine only costs a soup. <laughs> One soup. One soup packet, and you can have the toilet paper. And if we didn't have toilet paper, we'd be giving thanks for having arms longer than alligators. Right. (laughs) That too. Oh, man. You know what's funny, though, right now is there's people realizing how thankful they are to have toilet paper during this coronavirus stuff because everyone's being insane. But They're realizing a lot of stuff right now. Yes, they're realizing a lot. It's been a great awakening. Uh, So it's what it takes outside here, unfortunately. Everyone has been sent to their homes uh, to self-quarantine or self-imprisonate, whatever you want to say, you know, to hide out from this yeah. stuff. But, um, hey, I wanted yeah. to ask hey. you, is there anybody, um, is there anyone out there specifically or maybe generally that you want to say something to or, or not? I mean, this is your, your testimony. So, you know, is there uh, something you want to get off no. your chest or anything? No, that, uh, if I ever wronged you in my life, that, I'm sorry for it. I can't take anything back, but I can, I can give you my apologies. Uh, and that uh, that guy isn't here today. Amen. Uh, that has Amen. ever wronged you or taken from you, he doesn't reside here. Amen. Uh, so I just love all you. I love all you guys that are that have listened, and maybe I have helped. Uh, and if I have, if you want to write me, you can. I don't care. I'll write back. Uh, this is important. This is right. this is uh, this is our life, and uh, and I want to treat it as such. And uh, I just love you. That's now, it. if someone That's wanted it. to reach out to you to write you, Jeremiah, how would they do that? <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, I'm here in Richland Correctional Institution in Richland County, and my uh, just my name. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Person last name, Jeremiah Covey, with my prison number, 660-283. Uh, drop a line, send me a letter. 
talk to me if you want to. Uh, uh, I, I don't mind. I, I, I want to talk to you. And, and they if can... I can help you in any way, I, I can, then I will. Yes, please, um, please uh, take the opportunity to reach out. Um, like you said, yeah. you may have, there may be someone out there right now that doesn't have their testimony complete yet. You they're, have one minute remaining. They're living in it, and they need to reach out. So they can also use JPay. JPay is an app you can download on your phone, yeah, folks, yep. um, and you can connect with them directly through there, just basically like using email. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah, let's do this. Let's go ahead, and uh, we're going to pr- close in prayer because I know your, your thing's about to, to, to close off here. Yep, and then, um, all right, so let's do that. Okay. This is our prayer music. It's good stuff, man. All right, Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' holy name. We are so blessed to be able to use this technology and this platform to have Jeremiah uh, come on board and be able to give his testimony. Uh, You know, the devil has him tucked away, but his voice is going to go across the world. Father, we thank you for that opportunity. We thank you for the sincerity. We thank you for... The salvation of Jeremiah, first and foremost, that's just awesome. And we're thankful that he is willing and brave and to step out to testify to what you can do. We've heard his full testimony and it's so powerful, but you set him free. You answered his prayers and now he's ready to serve you each and every day. And this testimony is part of serving. Thank you, Lord. Amen. This is so beautiful. And uh, Father, just continue to bless this. We want to see souls saved. Uh, you know, Jeremiah, Jeremiah gets some credit in heaven for getting this testimony out there. And I pray that the people in his life uh, that need to hear this testimony, that they hear it. Because there's not only friends, there's family, there's acquaintances, there's, there's maybe people, judges, for courtrooms, who knows? There's things, there's, they, they need to hear this that the soul can be repaired. This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility Hmm. and may be recorded and monitored. And that Jesus saves. And it's the truth. And if he can do it for Jeremiah, Father, we we want other people to hear this and realize it can be done for them too. So thank you for mercy and forgiveness. Absolutely. We need it. We need it every day. Thank you, Father, so much. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ Amen. is King, Lord of Lords. Amen. Yeah, yeah, Amen. Yeah. The way, the truth, and the life. He gave us the power to become sons of God, our Father in heaven. We, right. we, you know. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, yeah. Jeremiah. Thank you gonna, so much, Jeremiah. We're going to wrap this up here, yeah, brother. And I will. Problem, uh, brother. I'll talk with you here later on, brother. Yeah, I will. Hey, I love you guys. Okay, love you, you man. Take it easy. Hey, Absolutely. We'll, right. we'll see you later, you. Jeremiah. Yep. Catch you later, yes, brother. Yes, we will. All right, buddy. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you once again for listening to this amazingly powerful testimony. A few of us here were, were dropping tears, and, and, and it was well-deserved well and well-needed. It reaffirms our faith for those that are strong believers, but also can bring others to Christ. 
Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Have a great day, afternoon, night.